0: Yo, how's it going, guys? Christian Loza here with How It's Done Podcast, and I have a returning guest with you guys, John Ludwig Jr. What's going on, man? What is up, man? Yo, so uh, just in case anybody has not uh, heard about what you're doing, and they're probably living under a rock, uh, (laughs) tell us a little (laughs) bit about what you do.
1: Man, lately it's been a lot, but uh, basically the same as last time we spoke. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing the laser stuff, the night laser laser cutting and laser engraving so that's my daily job if you want to call it that but recently has just been completely insanity um which obviously we'll talk yeah, about. yeah absolutely man with car stuff uh the music stuff hasn't been too crazy lately but between work and uh the traveling which i've tried to make work as mm-hmm. well you know I'll try to make the traveling pay instead of cost money. that's the but goal right yeah seriously that's the dream but it's been crazy no it's been good and we're here we're in ocean city we're both trying to relax as much as possible. Yeah, man. I know. So,
0: dude, you just recently did uh, a cross-country tour, a uh, back-to-back cross-country tour uh, to sell your BMW and then drive back with one of your dream cars. And you called it the Governor's Club uh, Tour Across America. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, man. So this was kind of a last-second deal that became logistically like a nightmare. Not a nightmare. But a guy that bought that Russian... Uh, Lada that I had yeah. at First Class Fitment last year uh, is in Costa Mesa, California, and he bought that car last fall. And he was interested in my Seven Series, that right-hand drive Seven Series, which I also had at First Class Fitment in 17, mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't ready to sell the car. I was like, no, it's not for sale. That's going to be one of my you know keepers for the most part. And I thought it was going to be. And uh, after winter storage, I kind of decided to feel the waters out a little bit about selling the car. And I didn't even have to list it. I made like a vague post saying, you know, thinking about possibly selling this car.
0: And then immediately he was
1: interested. He hit me up, yeah. And he was like, hey, I, I still want the car. And so we we worked out a price. And uh, my friend, Matt from New Jersey, has a like a car transport company. And he took the lot out to deliver it last year. And so I told the guy that was buying the 7 Series, like if it's all the same to you, I'll just drive it. I'd love to drive it cross country, something I always wanted to do with that car. And he was he, totally cool with he that. He didn't care. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's two sides to that coin. One, if I was if I was on one side of the country and I was trying to buy a car that was going to be coming out from the other coast, I really don't think I'd want it being driven 3,000 miles just in case it was like any issues on the road, wear and tear on the car. Right,
0: that's just 3,000 miles <clears throat> Yeah. more like age-added Yeah. Or in
1: yeah. lots of different... Uh, unknown variables on the road you know like a a rock going through the windscreen or just whatever so yeah so i but on the other side of that coin is if a guy's willing to drive a car three thousand miles to deliver it to you it's probably pretty sorted out mechanically you Mm -hmm. know so and he didn't care he's like whatever so i use that as an opportunity to see friends across the country that i don't get a chance to see that often but Mm -hmm. also make it like a governor's club trip so what we decided to do I say we, my friend Corey went with me and my friend Kyron Burnt from LA who uh, shoots for Speedhunters. He worked at race service for a while. He's actually Ken Block's personal photographer now. That's about Which is awesome. So he took like a week off of work from race service to do this trip with us, cross country trip. But in the same process, got hooked up with Ken. So it was like a trend. This trip was a transitional period for him. He like left race service and was starting with Ken like the day we got back. In
0: between jobs pretty much.
1: So he flew out from LA to Boston. Corey, Kyron, and I were going to drive this thing cross country, and we decided to do pop up meets, TGC pop up meets across the way. So we did uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Nashville, Tennessee. We did a quick one in St. Louis, small, just a few friends. Uh, Denver, Colorado, Phoenix, Arizona, and then Los Angeles uh, at a place called the Motoring Club, which mm-hmm. was awesome. They opened their doors. They like store high end cars. You can pay like monthly for a subscription to either um, store your car there, or there's like a hangout, speakeasy type. Joint. So anyway, it was, it, was, it was an awesome layout of the trip. And it all looked awesome on paper. Like we're gonna do a meet every night, we'll do eight to ten hours of driving a day. We'll get early starts on it. So we'll be to our destination mid-afternoon and we'll just drive during daylight hours. It'll be good. When we're not gonna be hammering coast to coast. I've done that before too, and it's exhausting. So the second we get to Fredericksburg, uh, I didn't get much sleep the night prior because we were still prepping everything. And we made T-shirts, the ones I'm wearing here, the Sea to Shining Sea tour across America shirts. I made keyrings. I made like 400 keyrings because I knew <laughs> we were going to be selling merchandise. At and these and stops. you didn't want
0: to, that chance of it running out. or Exactly. Not
1: having anything. So we did. Fred- the second we got to Fredericksburg, I was like, "This is uh, not good. We're going to be out flat on this trip. <laughs> we should have like had like buy days in between, yeah. you know, so we could like recoup." But what happened was, was in the process of planning this trip out. Before I bought my one-way ticket home from L.A., Kyron was flying in from L.A., then the three of us were going to drive to L.A., he'd stay home, Corey and I would fly home. Uh, My buddy Mike sent me a screenshot of a Facebook ad for a car I've been searching for for probably eight years, solid. I've blown a lot of smoke about it, too, over the years. A few different podcasts, Friends podcasts I've been on, we've talked about it. But uh, I've searched for a first-gen, long-wheelbase Toyota Century in Japan. Now, I I didn't search... Hard for one of these cars. It wasn't you, like you
0: were just under the impression that if it ever comes up and the timing's right, I'll, I'll if buy I was it. ready,
1: yeah. But like every time I'd sell a car, I'd spend a couple months searching Japan for one of these cars or beyond. But they were mostly just available in Japan, mm-hmm. and, and there's and only
0: 400 of them made. Correct?
1: Just over 400 of the long wheelbase cars. Yeah, they only made them from 90 to 97 in like 60 mm-hmm. per year. I think were only made, so they're hard to find even in Japan. But so before I booked my one-way flight home from LA, where we were going to be delivering the BMW. My friend Mike sent me a screenshot of this Facebook ad of a long wheelbase Sentry that was in Seattle. So it had already been imported to the States and it was like a good price. And so I freaked out and like called the guy and we got all the info sorted out. He sent me a lot of photos and videos and represented the car pretty well. So I sent him a deposit and so rather than flying home from LA, we booked, product, a, well, we booked a one-way flight from LA to Seattle <laughs> and decided to drive this Toyota Century fresh in from japan with a drivetrain that's only available in japan too there's no parts in america yeah so it's a v8 that they built for that car just for that car yeah and uh it's a big heavy car too so that was an added uh stress to the trip because now we're driving 3200 miles to california to deliver one of my cars while
0: stopping at places yeah
1: like six stops along the way praying that this thing you know th- th- we don't have any issues and i can get it to its new owner get paid in full everything's good there fly to seattle get and at that point if the Sentry broke down anywhere across the country it's not as stressful as if the bmw did because now we're on the back end of the trip <laughs> i could get the car to a friend's house we could fly home then i could send for the car and worry about fixing about it later yeah but so we did the deal the bmw ran flawlessly yeah. i mean across the plains like this is a euro spec car in fifth gear, 100 miles an hour, 3,000 RPMs, 3,100 RPMs maybe, getting our best fuel consumption, no oil consumption on the whole trip. The car was just – car, the car killed it. Like It really did. By the time we got to LA, I was assuming I was going to hate the car so much because I'd been in it for like <laughs> six days straight that I'd be ready to get rid of what,
0: it. What were your emotions like when you like finally had to say goodbye to the car?
1: It was just the opposite of what I was assuming I was going to feel because the car just – performed flawlessly on the whole drive. I like, damn, like, I could do this again. That's it. I almost wanted to turn around and just come <laughs> home with the car. So I, I'm i happy. I'm happy that I got what I got for the car. I'm happy that I have a century now. Um, Yeah, just switch it up. Yeah, I've wanted one of those for a long time. I've had a couple E23s, the BMWs. So I did this one just the way I wanted to. And Performance BMW magazine featured it. Fast Car magazine featured it. I've got those plaqued and on my wall yeah. the car can live on in my house and and in memories of course exactly so i mean and in, in, i mean with my budget with cars i usually have to sell one to get another yeah, project as exactly. most people do Absolutely. you know I'm,
0: I'm i'm uh dealing with that right now or the idea of that with your yeah oh, yeah i know i kind of okay. i think I'm, t- I'm trying to decide what i want next but yeah. obviously same situation in order for me to get something that i really want like all my money would you know it's yeah, tied up in that. yeah. So
1: I'm the same way. So I, I I feel good about the whole deal. And when we got to Seattle, uh, basically what I had done before we got to Seattle was I cross referenced like belt numbers. It's got three belts. It's a V belt system on that motor, and the owner said they looked kind of worn. So I, mm. I brought new belts with me. We went to a tire shop and got new tires put on it because the tires, although they had good tread, were kind of dry cracked, and we were going to be driving that thing 3,200. Yeah, miles You didn't want to risk that, right? So I got new tires put on it, and. Uh, The belts didn't look as bad as he was making them sound like they were. So did you decide to just? We just we just ran it, but we had extra belts with us. Yeah, so we just keep an eye on your gauges, and you know, if we lost, uh, you know, water pump belt, you'd watch your temp rise. Mm -hmm. You know, so we 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 knew that we'd keep an eye on that stuff, Uh, and then just an overall fluid check and quick once over on the car, make sure there wasn't like a ball joint that was ready to fall out of the car or something, and we just hit the road basically. At the end of the day, I kept telling myself it's a Toyota. It's a Toyota. It's going to be is fine. It's a tank, man. But it's like a massive Toyota with a motor that doesn't have any parts available in America. So so here we go. We, get, we leave Seattle for Spokane. First four-hour haul at night, too. We wanted to get to Spokane early because our first TGC meet, we did one in Seattle, which was awesome. A lot of people came out from Seattle. And uh, we didn't do it in Spokane, but we did a first four-hour haul to Spokane. And the next morning, we did uh, like an eight-hour haul to Billings, Montana, which we were doing a meet at at a friend's shop called European Performance. And uh, it's two twins, Ian and Quinn. Super nice guys to open their shop up. Really cool scene out there, too. Was that your
0: first time meeting them? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, My friend Paul, who lives in Billings, has basically been like a TGC supporter for years now. And he was like, hey, if you guys come through Billings, we can put on a meet here and you guys can stay with me. And so we did that. And so that first four-hour haul to Spokane was like flawless. So then we we're like, well, we'll see what it's like on an eight, nine-hour drive the next day. Same deal. Not a single issue. So from there on out, it was basically repetitive from there. From Billings, we did Omaha. That was the longest stretch. That was a 14-hour haul in that car um, through Wyoming and South Dakota, and just same deal as the bmw no oil consumption we kept checking the oil every time oh, we filled and up <laughs> and it was just like right on the full mark uh, every way and and uh so that was awesome I, I was a little nervous those first few stretches through the middle of nowhere america was like well we'll see how it goes through here, out here. <laughs> yeah seriously so from omaha to chicago where our next meet was 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 good too that was a good run and then chicago to buffalo we did a buffalo meet it was awesome to see them. That was a big meet. We had like 60, 70 cars maybe. Was that probably
0: the biggest one out of all of them?
1: Um Fredericksburg was pretty big. We okay. had we had probably 40 or 50 cars at Fredericksburg. Uh, we were assuming like 20, 25. Just small little get-togethers, nothing yeah, crazy. your mind. <laughs> And um yeah, Buffalo was big. My friend Max from Buffalo helped get a venue at like a restaurant right on the water on on, on the lake there. And um, had a whole section of the parking lot like Roped off basically. It was a Thursday night, so there was a lot of people around. So we had friends from Toronto, Canada, come down, you know, a couple hours away. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Then we did a homecoming meet uh, at the Easy Pie, which is like this really cool restaurant that has like it's like a new, new age like contemporary type food. You know, like burgers with all sorts of yeah. You know, with like cinnamon buns is like the buns and stuff. But the guy's a car guy, so he was more than willing to have us there. So we had our homecoming meet in Boston. Isn't it
0: cool to see like those like establishments whether it's like a breakfast shop or whatever but it's like run by someone who's in the car oh uh, just yeah. Like, yeah you could yeah
1: we ended up there on accident with my buddy mike who lives it was technically in peabody like north boston and uh i had i had my seven series i think yeah i had my seven series or something i can't remember what i had there might have been the 700 the bmw 700 which i have here and uh, he came outside and he was just freaking out about the car and we got talking he's got like a step van that he's bagging and stuff and so i hit him up on our way back, I was like, hey, we're looking for a spot to do a homecoming meet. Cause we'd been on the road for two weeks at this point. And uh, so Mike, was that
0: one like sort of freestyled? Like, like
1: yeah, it was like last second. TBD like, it's location, like, yeah, yeah, Friday night, we're gonna be home. Yeah. We're gonna be hanging out in Boston. Mike, who actually is the reason why I found the Century, flew to Seattle and met us there. Hmm. So when Kyron was dropped off in LA, Corey and I continued on to Seattle. Mike flew in from Boston to Seattle to, to do the drive home with us. So Mike knew the guy at Easy Pie too.
0: And that um, seemed like it worked out pretty well.
1: Man, both cars, no problems. The cars did better than we did. We're like up at 3, 2 o'clock sometimes in the morning to get like a long stretch done and the cars were just like...
0: Dude, you know what's funny? Uh, I thought that you guys had like the idea of you selling the, the BMW and then you buying the toyota and then you did you you planned out the like oh let's just do it tour. Right. But you had were planning the tour and everything before you even like decided that you were buying that yeah car.
1: only the first half the first half was like we'll drive the bmw to la we'll do a bunch of stops and like pop-up meets on our way out yeah. and then we'll fly home you know just one leg cross-country trip we'll go home and then mike knew a lot of my friends know that i've been looking for a century forever Yeah. and uh then once I found that, we're like, oh boy, now we're gonna find Seattle. This is gonna be now we'll complicated. We'll do, now we'll do six more meets on the <laughs> way home because we did a southern route on the way out. Well, kind of mid middle of the country on the way out, Fredericksburg uh, starting, and then basically down to Phoenix after we went through the middle of the country, and then we were gonna do a northern route on the way home.
0: Do you think that this might be like a
1: yearly thing for you, dude? Or? I'd love to, man. I, so we made merchandise, like I said, we made keyrings and shirts. You know, 2019 was on all the merchandise, so it's like a year specific tour. Uh-huh. Man, that's the dream, isn't it? The dream is to do something you love right, for a living. And then you get to see the country, too. Like, yeah. That's cool. We did a... Uh, real quickly, we did... Uh, we drove from England to Austria last year for uh, Werthersee. So we met up with a lot of friends in England. We drove to Cologne, Germany, met up with some TGC friends in Germany. And then we did uh, like the 12-hour haul at Werthersee. And at Werthersee, we did a TGC meet. And it was massive. like Way more people than I expected. And I had made... TGC Z tour key rings and we sold all the key rings and you know it did really well after Z, we went back to Cologne and we had like a TGC meet in Cologne Germany as well where we sold the rest of the merchandise and it made it basically paid for my trip over there so I immediately That's I was like, like win-win yeah I was like uh ah, there's got to be a way to do this and like make it work you know and just have that be your job and right. just travel around and like hang out with people like-minded people and uh hang out with Rad people and get a new car in the process that's it Well, yeah on that trip and then
0: obviously you guys did a lot of documenting like do you want to tell us about that
1: yeah um so moving right into that i guess we uh i've wanted to i've wanted to do stuff like that for a living for a while now and basically on the same wavelength as just doing something that you love you don't work a day in your life type deal but Corey, who went on the trip with me both from england to austria and on this TGC tour across America, he works at a performance shop. So he's a ranch, he, he, he like works on cars and performance tuning and stuff like that every day. The stuff I do is just whenever I've got one of my own projects. I'm not a tech. Yeah, you're not touching
0: other people's cars.
1: I I don't have the patience for it, and I didn't grow up doing it, so I didn't like go to automotive school. My dad owned an automotive business his whole life, so everything I know I learned from him or from friends. You know, the same deal, kind of wrenching. But that's just like not
0: your thing, right?
1: It's not only because I don't want it to be. I don't have the patience to work on my own stuff, let alone Mm. eight to six or eight to eight or whatever on someone else's garbage, and then work on my junk.
0: You're essentially like creating an art
1: but for yourself not for others yeah, yeah i mean everything to um, promote
0: yourself to enjoy it but like not to like you know sell
1: yeah that's the plan originally every car that i every car that i buy and kind of go through or modify or whatever is because i want I the end result aesthetically or mechanically is what i want mm-hmm. but i always try to keep the profit margin there i don't dive in too deep on some of these crazy nut and bolt restoration builds because i know at some point i'll find something else i want and i want the profit margin <laughs> yeah. still yeah be there. that's
0: what i like about what you do man you like are always switching it up i got
1: man I, I we talked about this on my buddy uh josh's revival motoring podcast we talked about that too i was like I've got car ADD through and through. Like, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's not. It gets it gets exhausting sometimes though. Because mm-hmm. I'll get a car down, like the lot up. On that trip last year from England to Austria, second day over there, I found an early model Russian. You're
0: gonna like run Lada. out of cars to
1: get soon. <laughs> I'm checking them off, but the problem is I can't afford them all at once. So I will <laughs> buy one, finish it, sell it, buy another one, sell it. Which is fun because it's cool to look back, especially nowadays with like we've got cameras in the, all of our phones when i first started you know you weren't I was, even documenting yeah i stuff was 16 much. uh 2001 i was 16 it's like my first car i've got some photos but you know we had flip can you imagine then. if
0: you were going all out back then with like vlogging
1: and pictures and stuff we all those we'd, we would have made it by now <laughs> for sure we talked about that just the other day we were yeah. here i know, was yesterday maybe yeah. we we're talking about uh like when I was riding BMX professionally, that a few friends of ours that were also riding professionally in like the early 2000s started becoming like YouTubers. But that name, that word wasn't even a thing back Mm -hmm. then. And we kind of thought it was ridiculous. Like why on earth, I I don't know, we we don't have time for that. We just want to ride our bikes. Why would you walk (laughs) around talking to a camera? But all those guys that did, like Adam LZ and all those kids that like started it and stuck with it when they were at a young age, like are killing it now. So it's funny, you know, being 34 years old back, you know, 15 16 17 years ago would have been awesome to have actually buckled down and done it yeah um, but anyway yeah so Corey Corey works on uh, cars every day so he's like super knowledgeable but tons of different so uh, the let's chassis have cars. Him by your side for this trip so what what we wanted to do was to turn uh, what well, we wanted to start a shop first of all not like a not like a an automotive shop that just does like routine maintenance on stuff but we wanted to do kind of like what I'm doing with my personal cars on a more frequent level find a car do some simple stuff to it, like find a rare body kit for it, suspension like, like wheels
0: for, for like potential customers. Yeah,
1: for well, yeah, to sell, but not commission based cars. Like we're not gonna take somebody's car and like modify it. We want to do one the way we want it to aesthetically, mechanically. And then what
0: you would essentially sell it, and, and then it, sell it, okay, yeah, or
1: do giveaways. Basically, or whatever.
0: what you're doing, but like on a bigger level. Yeah, right?
1: more frequently. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it, I think it turns into like one a year for me. Like. I'll find something else I want and I'll sell a car that I have. So it's like once a year, maybe I'll sell one of my cars. So what we want to do is we wanted to turn that into like, you know, maybe one a month, not at the get go. You know, we'll do a couple a year first, but we we both wanted to start a shop, work for ourselves. You know, I do the laser thing already, but I want to do more of this car stuff frequently. So as we started putting ideas together and kind of writing stuff down, trying to be as methodical as possible so we weren't jumping into something full go, I decided, well, what if we just take the Governor's Club, since to me, it's, it's just like, I don't do much with it up until this point. It's just, I'll do stickers every now and then, I'll do key rings every now and then, or these pop-up meets. All the while, I'm not paying attention to like what the community is doing with TGC. And so we decided to just take the TGC name and start basically like TGC Garage. So we're kind of in the process now of looking for a unit and getting the ball rolling with that. So what we want to do is have a strong YouTube presence, which I've been doing more of lately since last fall. Yep. We'll, so, we'll touch on that later. Yeah, yeah it's just under right? my personal thing right now, but I want to turn it into the TGC YouTube and document all these cars that we do. Like if we find a car in Germany, fly there and just vlog the daylights out of it. Like document everything on YouTube and Instagram, finding the car, so every, everybody can watch each step along the way as like a build thread through video. You know, through video documentation getting it to America, doing all the parts, searching for all the crazy rare parts and then getting the car together. But everybody knows at the end, it's going to be available for sale or giveaway or something like that. So that's what we're in the process of. And it's super exciting because I know Corey's had one foot out the door where he's at and he's just kind of like looking for uh, something a little bit more refreshing. And uh, we travel a lot together and we get along well. We live pretty comparable lifestyles. So
0: Yeah, it'd be cool to take it to just a whole other level. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, And and I told you before, I've wanted to start a podcast myself for like five Mm -hmm. years now, and this is a perfect opportunity because what we want to do is I want to start a podcast based around the shop, but also around my friends and stuff too. But we'll be podcasting about the projects that we're yeah, in the middle you can of. set up like a studio like at the shop that's or, what i want to do yep and also make it mobile so if we're going to germany if we've got a friend in germany or, or england or wherever it may be that's helping us like locate a car or transport it yeah like we are right now exactly yeah. so we can go there do a podcast with them about finding the car and all that sort of stuff so right. so there's a lot on the table I you mean, know, we're talking about having a lot on our plates you yeah. know before we were was
0: was this something that you guys like talked about uh, like in more in depth, like while you were on the road and had time to kind of think, or have you guys been always talking about this?
1: We never really, it never really came up in conversation until, uh, this June we went to England for players classic. And that's a show that I try to go over for every year anyway. But he was, (laughs) we're in my living room and we're ready to head to the airport. And he was basically just talking about like, he's just burnt where he's at. And, uh, just normal conversation about cars and stuff and like where we were at with our business and i was just like let's just start a shop makes sense i don't blow a lot of smoke either i like i I, I like to think i'm i've got a lot of like substance to like the thoughts i have like i want to like follow through with things and do things right i've noticed
0: uh the thing i like about a lot about you is if you like say something it's like you kind of like an idea like you kind of mean it like it's not like a maybe it's like a all right like yeah let's do this i mean i talk
1: a lot i'm a chatterbox for sure <laughs> but i if i've got an idea i try to like yeah make sure it's something i really want to do it's something i could follow through with yeah. so I, but i just basically said i'm like do we should just yeah. start a shop and he was like yeah i was like i don't want to blow a lot of smoke about it but i think we could totally do it Absolutely. and we've been on the road a lot together so well, it's basically
0: to, like what you're already you, you guys are already doing that's it. just yeah. more official it's what we know already yeah. and it's it's just another step closer to just like that being like the
1: your thing exactly yeah and the youtube thing's been a total learning curve you and i were talking about Mm -hmm. that earlier uh i'm not i do like to talk a lot and i like talking to people and learning things from people but talking to a camera has been like the the learning curve to make it natural make it seem natural because i don't feel like i've got the only thing i have to bring to the table with the youtube stuff is the content because i'm not doing any crazy cinematic Videos or anything like that
0: so you just got to keep them entertained and that's, that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah And make the con so this this tour across America we vlogged the whole thing and I'm still working on the last couple videos for that, but we're vlogging here We're doing all the episodes uh, here and stuff Do
0: you ever do you ever uh, find yourself in a situation where you're like where you start getting like a backlog or are you good about? Like always just like,
1: you know up until this last trip. I haven't had An insurmountable amount of content to cut through and get uploaded so on the trip I was trying to be a day behind which became just exhausting like i was trying to stay a day behind on all the youtube episodes of what we were actually doing but we were driving eight to ten hours or more yeah a how day. are
0: you getting like why like, were you did you buy like
1: a plan where you could just have internet wherever you are or like a, i should like, have yeah. um, but but the thing is, I wasn't trying to upload to YouTube on the road. Oh, I was trying that's to do that I at night. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, was, wherever you were. I was right. trying to upload and edit. You were editing. On I was the trying road. to edit on the road. Yeah. That way, when we got to somebody's house or a hotel yeah. that night, I could upload overnight. Yeah. It worked for the first like two or three stops of the trip. And then it was just like totally exhausting. Right. I needed somebody. I needed somebody to be like our social media person on that trip to just, I could be sending out stuff and just, man, cause I was doing everything myself. There's
0: somebody who's like there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was tough. So yeah. So to answer that basically where I'm at now, I've got a stack of stuff I need to cut through. I need to be here. I mean, it's, it's, it's ocean city. I mean, it's insanity out there right now and I need to be here every night, which I thought I would be cutting through and getting the last few episodes of the TGC tour done. We've got a solid 20 minute or 30 minute, prep for ocean city episode i want to get done i haven't even started editing that yet wow. and now we've got oh, so wednesday, up. <laughs> wednesday and yesterday we have got so much stuff out here in ocean city yeah. so i haven't even uploaded that yeah. stuff yet
0: so dude i was going to ask you um uh, moving forward uh you do a lot of traveling obviously what would you say was your biggest takeaway from this last trip
1: well i mean i guess you learn you learn stuff about yourself and about your friends and about life in general when you're on the road, for sure. Uh, whether or not it's that you prefer solidarity and you'd rather be like, I still want a home base. You know, I still want a, a home with a garage. You know, you know, a potential family someday. That whole deal too. But I think the thing I took away from this trip the most was how eye opening it it was to like want to do that full-time now everybody says they want to travel full-time this wasn't a vacation we were working Working. we were working we were running on minimal sleep you know the three uh, Corey will tell you even kyron i mean kyron's young kyron's only like 21 (laughs) and uh that kid was like dead for the first like eight hours every single day you know and and rightfully so because we were just we were just like hammering every day to try to get the next stop so it's work but i do enjoy it so i think that's going to be something i want to i want to figure it out being 34 years old and not 18 anymore, you gotta be a little bit more methodical about your plunges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you wanna make sure they're like financially like doable yeah. and, uh, and your ROI is there too. So <laughs> um, the biggest takeaway was, it was eye-opening for me to get back on track with where I wanna be doing something I love to do. The laser stuff's awesome too. I really enjoy that. I, I mean, we're gonna be making some key rings for you guys for the final first class yep. fitment next Absolutely. week. We made some for our TGC meet here. This has been awesome because I do a different key ring here each year, and it's become this whole collect them all thing. So I, I that is rewarding. Like what I do there is rewarding, and that's fulfilling in its own way. But this particular trip has been an eye opener as far as like, man, if we could like let's, just let's travel take this and to like the make next level. Yeah, yeah. So I want to do it right, though. I don't want to. I don't want to.
0: Just yeah, like, you don't really. Have, you don't have. You don't want to really. You know rush it too much yeah yeah and it, like make i said sure it's perfect
1: the laser thing is like my day-to-day job so i've got some uh i've got a foundation there so i'm just kind of like with the between the podcast the shop and like traveling with both of those things involved.
0: and now the new car <laughs>
1: yeah we're gonna dive into that oh yeah on, let's talk
0: about that let's, man yeah, your uh your toyota century yeah. uh your first jdm build right
1: oh yeah i've had some japanese cars that i've like started and then a friend or somebody would want it more than oh, i did so i'd get so do you know chris serrano uh-uh. so chris is from new jersey and uh i don't know if he's had any cars at first class yet but um he knows all the liberty vip guys and and i know him through some mutual friends i had a y33 q45 that i did like a SEMA conversion on i did suspension and all that sort of stuff i did the s13 suspension conversion but i never finished it because he was looking for one to go all the way with and so i sold it so I've had a few Japanese cars that have like started. I've had this JDM like yeah, I remember kid you mentioned inside that. me that's been dying to come <laughs> out with cars like that, like the Century, uh, Crown Majestas. There's like I'm just I love the Boso Shokutano like VIP car culture in Japan. I love it so 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 much. Even though, so, you,
0: so can we expect that from this car? Or, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so you're, you're, you're obviously going to bag it, obviously.
1: I had all the air suspension stuff from my good friends at bag, uh, bag Riders in Vermont like waiting at my house before we even went to Seattle to get this thing. So Bag Riders worked with me on the Lada, and they're working with me on the Toyota Century. So uh, Will, Zach, Ian, and all the guys at Bag Riders have been awesome uh, in that right. So I had air suspension stuff waiting at the house before I even left. I was like doing research on like, what the suspension setup was in that car and <laughs> and i was like well let's just get this here and you gotta obviously fabricate and build a setup for that car there's no bull yeah i was gonna anything.
0: just ask you guys how you did like the struts and stuff yeah
1: yeah so basically the car's sitting in my driveway at home right now like bone stock we got it home and then the second we got home which was last saturday we i did a full so airlift performance is working with me on the bmw 700 So they sent me a 3P system, their management system to put in the 700 because I just had like a momentary like analog setup in that car because we like slammed the car together just to get it working and running. So last weekend was putting the 3P install in the 700. We bagged Corey's B5 Avant for for Ocean City, not H2O, but Ocean City, and then prepped my truck. So we had three days after we got back from this two week coast to coast, back to back trip to get ready for Ocean City, which is 13 hours away from where I live. So we spent the last three days prepping all of our stuff, you know, bagging Corey's car, getting the three P in my car, and then getting down here. So the Sentries come home, it's in the carport, and now we're here. So when I come home from Ocean City, I think I'm gonna dive into the sentry. Nice. Yeah, so air suspension's there. I've got an idea for wheels. I wanna do like a proper like vintage VIP build on this car because it's a vintage car, obviously.
0: You might not know this yet. Do you have any plans for like the paint, keeping it original, repaint it? Yeah, it's
1: had some paint work. I'm almost positive. I haven't, the trip was so crazy that I didn't have a chance to really like look at Mm -hmm. the the car's immaculate underneath, as most cars that come from Japan are. you just
0: weren't like, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I haven't been over like every detail of the paint yet. It has yet to be even fully detailed, but uh, it's solid. No rust anywhere. That's awesome. I think the paint, I think it's either been full resprayed or panels have been. Panels. Um, So I've yet to like really look at it in the proper light. But yeah, so. The plan right now is suspension, wheels, uh, some more aesthetic pieces to the car, but I want to leave it a stock body because I think Toyota just oh, yeah. knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. on that car. Um,
0: do you have any plans as far as like when you want to debut it or where at, most importantly? Um, or you haven't decided?
1: If, dude, the last first class fitment would have been perfect. Yeah. But with the time allowed. And you have like, we like just no time. Oh, and no time to do it right. To so do it right. We have ahead. enough time to, like, do something. Put a few sleepless nights in and get the suspension done. Maybe like even if I couldn't find the wheels that I wanted, get a set. You know, even if we borrowed a set of wheels, get and it was, still would have been awesome to have at the show. Like like we were talking about with Dave, it's like it'd be a cool car to just have their bone stock, because mm-hmm. no one's like ever really seen one. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, it's gonna be a winter build. I want to get it done through the winter. You know, and I, I I don't know about using the word build. I want to assemble it or put it together over mm-hmm. the winter. And next year, I don't know it's going to be here in ocean city that's for sure because Abs- that thing is a strip yeah. I, I, mobber. Was,
0: I, I was expecting that yeah for sure it was
1: strip mobber for sure because i mean that's so that's a long wheelbase century yeah and uh and yes yeah, they only made a few hundred of those things um not a lot of people have seen them so i would love, love yeah man love i'm excited to see that to cruise the strip down here because i mean <laughs> tinted windows process- i'm going to make governor's club like embroidered procession flags waving from the front fenders and uh just mobbing that thing down the street oh, yeah. be so cool yeah. but this winter as far as a debut i don't know like we kind of debuted it on the drive home but as far as like what i want to do to the car debuting it would be i don't know what it i don't go to any of the wecfest shows or anything like that yeah. they're like they're like 8 hours away from me like the new jersey ones like 7 or 8 hours away
0: yeah be but cool to bring cuz that you know that's a show I that would ADM yeah like exactly
1: it, yeah. yeah so that would be i haven't been immersed in that us JDM like car show mm-hmm. seen before so there's a few that I think are like really imagine if
0: you like tapped in your like into that like imagine if you just started going to those shows more like started making a presence and just like doing because because you know before obviously you were building more like you know, European you were stuff your and, imagine if you just, like, Chevy, yeah. yeah imagine if you like moved into to that it'd or, be like, fun
1: like, I mean I'm not I have a lot of friends that are immersed in that in that community I feel like there's a ton of diversity in that community because you get all sorts of people from all sorts of different walks of life. There's a lot of stuff that's like not my style at all. (laughs) Like a lot of those import shows. I'm like, what am I even doing here? (laughs) But, uh, but that car I think could like bring its own presence, like remove me from the scenario altogether. That car itself will bring its own presence to no matter where it goes. So um, I more or less want people to see the car because it's in America. You know, rather than like what I've actually done. With.
0: Have you seen one of those in person? First before? one, first I one. I haven't seen one in person. Yeah,
1: um, this guy Caesar from Phoenix has one. Rutledge Wood from Top Gear imported a long wheelbase VG forty five Century like mine, and ended up selling it to this guy Caesar in yeah. Phoenix.
0: So the the guy you bought this off of, did he just import it with the intentions of selling it when it got here? I or think how did
1: so. That work out? I, I'm not sure. I've been. I've got a few friends that know the guy who imported it originally, and I've been trying to get in touch with him. Uh, once things settled down, I want to like really get in touch with them because yeah, you
0: might know like where you could get some stuff.
1: Well, that too, but I want to know more about the car itself and its history and who owned it. Because I mean, this was like a high end diplomat car. It's a hand built car from Toyota. Yeah, it'd be
0: good d- to at least get more information than what you already yeah,
1: know. Yeah. So, um, the guy that originally imported it was from Portland, Oregon, and he has a business of importing and exporting like cars and parts and stuff from Japan. So when he brought it in, I don't know what his intentions were. It might have been to just flip it. It might have been to just own i don't know and then he decided to sell it couldn't sell it from what i heard or what didn't sell it as quickly as he wanted to and this kid nate that i bought the car from from seattle bought it off of him to resell it so probably everybody made a little bit of money mm-hmm. um but he was and it in for,
0: the end, you got a car you wanted
1: yeah and he listed it for a good price too so uh the kid that i bought it off of that's like what he does is he buys and sells uh japanese imported cars so the guy originally imported it. I'm not sure what the intention was. The guy I bought it from, that was the intention was mm. he was selling it. So that's kind of like where that whole thing went. But I'd love to know more about the car. Yeah, that'd know, be good to know. Who bought it new? You know, like like... You know, if they were a diplomat or if they were a CEO of some company over there or yeah. something. So. And how many miles does it have on it? It's got a lot of miles for what it is. Yeah. It really does. It's got um 250,000 kilometers on it, which is like just over 150,000 miles. Wow. So it's been driven. It really has. For a long wheelbase car. I mean, I'd, It'd be I'd,
0: interesting to find out, obviously, I don't know if you could, but like where it's been driven and
1: stuff. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it was, It's. I'm pretty sure it spent its entire life in Japan. But it's crazy that for a long wheelbase car that it has that many miles on it. Yeah. Um,
0: Normally, those cars don't get driven like that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I'd I'd expect to see that kind of mileage on a short wheelbase, maybe, because that's like a normal size car. Not the. Yeah. Yeah. Not a long wheelbase. So that intrigues me even more. Like, I want to know more. Like, was was there like a guy that traveled a ton in japan and just had somebody driving him because that's that's a car like when you own that car you don't drive it no you're like especially when just new. someone's driving it exactly <laughs> so i i'm super curious to know yeah. who owned that car yeah. but yeah caesar in phoenix has one he came out to our tgc meet in phoenix but he didn't bring the century mm-hmm. apparently it was like broke it was like broke at the time oh, or something man. but although i'd love to see that car in person and a lot of people may have seen that car online uh my friend keith ross photographed it in phoenix basically what they did was he had heard that junction produce had made a kit for a century in like the 90s and when he got this limo from rutledge wood they contacted junction produce or they looked for a kit first and they contacted junction produce and they're like no we don't make them anymore and he's like well do you know where i could find a kit and apparently they were like well actually we still have the molds to make a kit and he's like uh will you guys make a kit for me and so they somehow i don't know how they worked it out but junction produce Dusted the molds off and made a century body kit for Caesar for this car But they only had the molds for the short wheelbase car So the side skirts were short wheelbase So they made them short ones sent them the whole kit and then he had a body shop guy like a body guy of his in Phoenix like lengthen them. It's a crazy looking car if you you know anyone who's watching if you google Just like slammed century or whatever <laughs> it shows up because it's bagged too. It's crazy Um, It's crazy that it's here in America. The body kit is nuts and the car looks amazing, but it's not my favorite look for the century yeah i was just
0: thinking that i I could yeah i couldn't see you doing that yeah you never know i mean but i
1: like i like the stock body so i'm excited to do because i mean that's that's the i i'm almost positive that's the only long wheelbase century that's like on air that type of style here in america there's been a few others imported i'm sure over the years but uh i'm excited to do what i want to do to mine as a stock body car but so i know for sure there's one other one but yeah caesar came out to the meet and he brought like one of his other lexuses which is awesome but i'm glad i'm good so i'm glad he didn't bring the century out in if for the sole fact that the first one i ever saw in person is the one that, that i bought you know what i mean so yeah. it's like that's the first one i ever saw <laughs> is the one that i own so i feel good about that so
0: dude but you know what's crazy to think about like the last time we talked like it, it was before like your BMW 700 whole build dude, yeah let's talk about that man like more about like the build and the story if you want to share yeah oh
1: absolutely so that's i'll try to cliff note that one because that that's an insane story yeah because you
0: like took it to like um solo yeah
1: georgia uh for alpine vag fair the new oh right right. i don't want to say the new solo because that's kind of not what Corey and paul my two friends i put that show on yeah exactly it's just a show that is in helen now that solo is in savannah so that was the plan what happened was to start at the beginning There's a guy about an hour north of me in New Hampshire in the middle of the woods that has a hundred some odd BMWs out in the woods around his house. And he's just kind of like everybody that's into European cars knows about that guy. And not a lot of people have ever seen him. Uh, He's kind of like a hermit type dude. I swung up there with a friend of mine who does know him in my seven series a couple years ago. And he was excited about the car because you don't see right hand drive, bbs kitted seven series and stuff. So we kind of started the relationship based around that car. He knew I was just a young kid, super excited about everything he had in his yard, so we became friends. I wasn't there to buy anything off him or get something for free. I was just excited to talk to him. and He's an an encyclopedia of knowledge because he's been working on this stuff his whole life, so I just loved hanging out with him and just listening to stories and whatever. So I never poked around in his backyard much. He has a ton of stuff out front. He's got some old Porsche 912s. He's got a single cab transporter. He's got all sorts of crazy stuff, and uh, he's got an Alfa Romeo GTV sitting in the front yard, all sorts of cool stuff. So one day we were there and a buddy of mine was out back kind of poking around a little bit and he was like, hey Steve, what's this car over here? And Steve's like, oh, that's a 700. And I'm like, a BMW 700? And He's like, yeah. No. I'd never seen one in person. I knew what they were, but I'd never seen one in person. So I went running over and here's this thing sitting in the dirt with trees growing inside of it and out of it. And it's just like the earth has reclaimed this thing. And they're a super rare car, but they're the car that is heralded as the car that saved BMW from bankruptcy. So in the 50s, BMW um, produced the 507, which was a V8 roadster, two-wheel drive, like sports car. And Elvis Presley was famous for having one, and, and a few other, you know, high-end people in the in the 50s. But they lost money on every single one that they made. That's yeah. the story that I've heard, and and it tanked them. So in the late 50s, BMW was facing bankruptcy, and they designed the 700 as like a successor to the Isetta, which was that tiny little bubble car that the front the front opened to get into, like mm-hmm. that tiny little, you don't see them often, but they decided to make this two-cylinder, air-cooled, rear-engined car based on the Isetta, but more of a full car, as like a last-ditch effort to like crawl their way out of bankruptcy. And it worked. They only made 188,000 of these cars between 1960 and 65, but it saved them from bankruptcy. And what I think is crazy is the fact that this car played such a vital role in BMW's History and the fact that they're still around today, and nobody's ever even heard of one. Yeah, man, I, I I'll
0: attest to that. I
1: mean, you've seen it sitting outside right now. It doesn't even look like a car. It's <laughs> like, especially now that we've like bagged it and stuff. Yeah. But to Cliff, note the story. Basically, I he knew that I was like freaking out that he had one, and uh, he had seen my Corvair, so he knew I was in the like rusty junk too, or preservation builds, I guess you could call it, rather mm-hmm. than restoration. So I was freaking out about the car and I'm like, dude, you could put this thing on a beetle pan because the floors were all rotted out. It's a unibody car, but the floors were all rotted right out of it. And I was like, you could like put this on a beetle pan and like drive it again. And I think he was like, he's known for not selling anything. Yeah, I was going to ask you like, what was, how
0: did that go down?
1: So he's a typical like, hoarder guy he's like i can imagine Yeah, he's not well he's 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 like he's sick he's got like back issues and stuff and nobody he never comes out people don't ever see him so when people show up they're like just trying to like buy oh you sell me that porsche and he's like no like he won't sell anything but he saw like the twinkle in my eye i guess that i was like like this thing could be back on the road and it's like junk it's total junk there's trees trees growing trees growing through the thing (laughs) so so i think he started to put it together he's like all right this kid like like actually wants to like take care of this car so a few days later i came back and i was like steve listen i can't stop thinking about the 700 like is that something you'd be willing to let go you know on the grounds that i would drive it again i said i would drive it back to your house i'll drive it down this road <laughs> like we'll pull it out of the woods so anyway so we, we we he basically and i don't mind telling people he basically gave me the car he's like well you can i couldn't charge anything wow. for the car you can take it because it's junk i gave him money though i was like listen i gotta give you something for it i don't want to get something for nothing from you so we worked out a deal. Then my dad and I went back. The next step was the excavation of this car because it wasn't like next to the road. It was like way out back and we had to move a lot of like immovable cars to even get to it. So we trailered my dad's tractor out there, like full blown like big tractor out there. We brought a gas powered air compressor. We brought chainsaws, weed whackers. We brought go jacks. We brought axle jacks, uh, axle dollies, plywood to lay down so the, jo- so the dollies could roll. Because we knew we would have to like jig this thing up, because none of the wheels would roll. Um, we took a we took like a day and a half to excavate this car out of the woods. So Really,
0: your dad was like the real MVP. He was helping. oh for sure. I came home.
1: Eh, he uh, if he's if he has a dollar for every time I've come home, and I'm like, so what are you doing tomorrow? And he's like, oh, where are we going? <laughs> and what are we getting? So the fact if you had told my dad, who's a late '60s like GM muscle car guy, that when I was 30. I think at the time it was a couple years ago that I was going to drag him up to the woods of New Hampshire and we were going to pull out this junk BMW we had to ratchet strap the body together because it was just trying to fall apart there was nothing left of this thing so long story short we get it out and uh, get it back to the house and the idea was to put it down over a Volkswagen Beetle pan because one the floors were all gone in the car there was no restoring this thing well beyond restoration but two BMW 700 parts are incredibly scarce you can't find stuff anywhere for these things so putting it over a Beetle pan would allow me to buy parts for the car. Everything from wheel bearings all the way back to the motor. Parts are available for Volkswagen Beetles. So that was the plan. And so again, to cliff note it, we, I located a Volkswagen pan with a motor and all that stuff. And the plan was just to put it over a Beetle pan and bag it, body drop it, kind of like my Corvair, rusty preservation build, and just slam it on the ground. and um, uh it looks great man. thanks man (laughs) so we have my father and i in the course of like three months getting trying to get it done for alpine vag fair this past year in georgia in about three months we probably put like 750 hours into this project like we hammered we had to shorten the Beetle pan by over a foot to meet the wheelbase of the 700. That's how much yeah. smaller than a Beetle it is. Isn't that crazy to think about? It's tiny, man. And now that you see it next to like your car it's Yo, dude, stuff, I, like,
0: I was pulling up to here and I was Almost like, drove right over it. Oh my God, that's yeah. so small.
1: Every time I'm like driving a strip, I'm like. My buddy Adam's here in like a lifted land cruiser and I pulled up next to him and he's like, oh my, I'm like, don't run over me. I was, like thinking, over I was me. like
0: thinking about taking a picture of our cars together. I was like, my car looks so Dude, huge.
1: I, I I thought I didn't have time to, but I wanted to bring, I wanted to make one of those giant whip flag antennas that are on the back of go-karts. Yeah. So when I'm cruising the strip, people can see me, you know, like on go-karts, they got those big whip antennas with like the orange flag. Yeah. So people in cars can see you. Yeah. I wanted to make one of those for that car because it is yeah. tiny. Yeah. But yeah, so we shortened a beetle pan. We built like a full like tubular chassis inside the body to give the body rigidity but to also be able to mount it to the beetle pan bagged it uh we had to custom build the wheels uh, how, the how long motor.
0: was that like from start to finish
1: only a few months oh wow yeah i collected the parts over a year year and a half i collected the pan i kind of tinkered got the motor running but as far as like the hard push to mate the two it was about a three-month deal from like january to march okay <clears throat> and then in may it might have been four months, January to April, maybe, yeah. and then in May I trailered it down to Georgia. I
0: so think. I know that you like to t- take your time with with your builds. Like you obviously don't like rushing things. You're like like to perfect it.
1: How
0: how do you feel about the length of this build? Do you think it was rushed? Do you think it was perfect? Like what was your your stand on? That? It's
1: funny you think that I. Uh, it's funny you think that I've got like leather patience with this stuff because <laughs> I feel just the opposite. I feel like that 700 build was uh, very. Um, typical me because i'm like and luckily i work out of my father's shop he's got like a hobby shop and i'm i'm grateful to be able to work on my projects out of there and some of these like really uh involved projects like my corvair my 52 chevy cab over that we're building in the 700 my dad is like instrumental like we, we build these cars together and uh it's like i can't believe he was even down to play ball in like three months like hey in may i want to take this car or whatever that is over there. It wasn't even a car. It was like a body <laughs> falling yeah, apart with like a, there. with like a pan that has a motor in it. Like, yeah, I want to drive that. I want to like be able to take that to Georgia. So, I feel like that was a typical build because I feel like if I'm not under the gun and I have to get it done, I won't get it done. Right. That's why my 52 Chevy at home has been under a tarp for 4 years. Like we got it like half done and it was just it felt like this insurmountable task to get this thing done. I envy the guys that can do a 5-year build and stick with it because yeah. after like, you know, a year into a project i see something else and i'm like oh i could get that done in like two months i'll just do that instead so a lot of my friends are picking on me because i haven't gotten the truck done
0: so do you have any plans for like what you want to do as far as like how many cars you have right cuz you have this you still have the 700 obviously and you're going to build the sentry like are you planning on like having them both like modified and finished at the same time or will the 700 go and then only have the like century? have you thought about that at all
1: or i haven't really thought about it but i don't think um i don't think i'm gonna sell the or the 700 yeah i've had a lot of people offer uh, what i would think silly money for those things um but you want to keep them around i kind of do yeah my dad and i uh built those cars together and the the cars that i together myself like the seven series and a lot of but stuff because your
0: your dad like you can, yeah it kind of has more of a sentimental exactly value.
1: yeah yeah and 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 i like that i mean he'd be the first to tell you if you have a good offer on one of those cars just a car just yeah. sell it you know but um I, not only that i really enjoy the cars i love driving those things you know i like the, the fact that they're like super weird yeah. and have this like shock value i feel like like You'd probably be like sad to let one of those go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those, those is what's funny is I, I like the European stuff, but those cars kind of like define me in a way. Yeah, as far as, as, as like aesthetics you. go, like, they're they're like a complete mess, and like I'm a complete mess. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just like flying by the seat and, of my pants.
0: And so, so obviously, like um like moving on, you obviously documented like you know the cross country tour, and you're going to be documenting this, um the century build were you documenting the 700 build like a lot like that yeah that was sort of new still yeah
1: that was uh that was at the beginning of me buying like a camera and doing the youtube thing yeah uh so the extrication of the car is like mostly just cell phone footage but i've been once all this insanity is done i'm going to put together like a series of youtube episodes of the the 700 build because i know a lot of people are interested in that so unfortunately uh I say, unfortunately, the (laughs) entire extrication of that car is all just cell phone footage, but I can still add that into the episode. But it was, it wasn't until just after that, that I got a camera and got set up for that Mm. stuff. But yeah, um, I did document that, um, my life got like stressful this spring. And so I stopped vlogging a lot of that, which is like my biggest regret. My biggest regret of like this spring of like where my life went this spring was the fact that I didn't stay as excited about that project as I wanted to be. So after this spring, basically I made some changes and like got back on the rails and got back focused again. And so I look back on that and I'm like, man, I wish I wasn't like so unmotivated, not to like finish the car with my dad, but to like be down there and be excited to like talk to a camera or people right. on a camera. And what, be- what
0: do you, what do you attribute that like spark that you wanted to like get back on the rails again with that like what do you attribute that
1: to well um i went through i was just i was just uh i was just in a relationship that was just like draining me you know and yeah. so uh that's and as of with most most people that's where i lost my motivation because i was focusing yeah, on you stuff get,
0: like comfortable and you're like life is good right now let me just take a step back on the passions and focus well on it was that, just yeah.
1: the opposite it yeah. wasn't a good relationship mm-hmm. and it was like draining me because i was stressed about that and yeah. then i wasn't focused on like the excitement level of like building this car with my dad that probably hadn't been built before in the style that we were doing it in right. so yeah it just life was just stressful this this spring and uh and so i look back on that and i'm like man i really wish i had like just stuck it out and yeah. like really like like documented that build way more than i did i do have a lot of stuff though which is good that's i'm good. gonna put all that stuff together yeah. and and um that's why i've been so crazy with traveling and stuff like after this spring i just like Got on the rails, ridiculous. dude. Left the station, and I'm like, like the next like year and a half, almost two years, are booked out flat. Like I'm planning on shipping the Corvair to Europe next spring. Oh. I'm gonna keep it in Europe like all summer. Uh, I'm gonna travel back and forth and take it to all the shows over there. Like I'm like I'm making up for lost time. I feel like. <laughs> You're going ham. (laughs) I'm like, I just, I feel like I, yeah, I just feel like I wasted a lot of time this spring and didn't get as much done as I wanted to, so.
0: Dude, what's really cool is I remember the last time that that we, we, we met and we were doing this, uh, podcast part one of this, uh, which everyone should listen to. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, uh, you were like, yeah, I really want to get into vlogging. And that's cool that you like, you're doing it, man. Like you do it. It's hard. you, you, You took that leap and you're doing it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we were talking and, and it was just like an idea, And I remember when we sat down after our podcast, you were like, damn, I want to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like super excited for that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I'd always wanted to because of the amount of people I know, the amount of people that I've, I've been put in touch with through uh, music, BMX, the car community. I was like, man, this would be awesome. And I like, I clearly like, if you know me, I'm like always talking to somebody, especially at places like this. I was joking last night that my voice is usually gone by Friday night (laughs) uh, in ocean city. So I was like, great, we're gonna do a podcast. I'm not even gonna have a voice. It's already like on its way out. <clears laughs> but I'd always wanted to do a podcast. And then once, yeah, once you and I sat down, it was like the first one I actually did. And They're uh fun. They're really and, fun. Yeah, and I was like, man, I could totally get into this. So I think between trying to do more Instagram story stuff to help articulate, I used the Instagram story uh platform as like my like
0: Like what's going on. It's right like what's now.
1: what's my it was my entry to articulating myself It to, was like
0: you were sort of like um, sorry to interrupt you. You were sort of like preparing for it. That's right? what I was doing.
1: Yeah. I figured Instagram story would be like an easy way to like articulate myself, try to get my thoughts in order as like on the fly. And most but
0: importantly, just get comfortable with that. That's like, it. Way yeah. Way of
1: showing things. And try to speak uh, like like speak with purpose and not just jumble my words. I speak really fast usually. So I wanted to like slow down, <laughs> articulate myself better. So through Instagram story, I think it helped a little bit because i didn't want to be monotonous i didn't want to sound boring but i didn't want to sound like i was trying too hard either be like hey what's up guys like or yeah. it's your like it's whatever I have some stupid name like <laughs> it's me again you know so i wanted it to be natural i wanted it right. to be me and that's 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 that
0: comes over time obviously but that, yeah that's what exactly. that's what
1: i was struggling with yeah when i was doing the whole book. it's hard I'm people fine. don't realize it people watch like these youtube guys or just a- any sort of any person that's like a commentator or a host and it's natural. It's like, man, that's like, it's almost like yeah. acting in a way.
0: I, I, yes. I remember when I would see people doing that and I'd be like, oh, like, I
1: can do that. That's yeah. Easy. And then you start like, doing wrong. it and you're like, wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. I would see like
0: Crispy and I'm like, damn, I could do this. And yeah.
1: Like, no. and the thing is, is like, once you get comfortable, that's all it is. You're comfortable. Right. So it started with me talking at a camera yeah. and I was like automated. I feel like I was like, I was trying to think of the next thing. And now that it's, it's only it's barely been a year i guess i did vlog last year at ocean city but i w- i had no idea what i was doing right. i still kind of do don't.
0: You, Do you see do you think that you've progressed
1: a lot since yeah. yeah yeah
0: I I, I I i was looking at your videos and i was like yeah it, to me a it big doesn't difference yeah. to,
1: to me it doesn't feel like it because i feel like i'm still doing the same it's like tenacious i'm like we'll be after we're done this we'll be out on the strip and i'll be talking to tons of people and i'll be like driving around and we're selling the key rings left and right but then it's like, "Oh man, I got to I got to make sure I like video this stuff." Like whoever's in the car with me, do you know Aiden? Yeah, yeah,
0: okay, yeah. Okay,
1: so Aiden was going was in the 700, 700 with me yesterday and he was like freaking out cuz I was taking him for a ride and a thing. And we're at a red light and he's like a whole group of kids come swarming around the car being like, you know, looking for keyrings. So we pull in off the sidewalk real quick and I told they're like throwing money left, right, and center for key rings. and I told Aiden, I'm like, "Pick that camera up and film this, you know, cuz <laughs> I won't have any of this stuff once I get home." Uh. So it's it's I think was what I'm getting better at, although it feels like it's the same. I feel like it's the same game that I'm playing that I did last fall. Uh I'm getting more natural with it, which I guess is what's showing. Cause I don't have any like new cinematic value to any of these vlogs. I am adding a little bit so more. So it's my a music. little bit more like raw, right? Like, yeah, but it's like it's more natural feeling. I'm not like I'm not like No, I'm saying it's more raw in terms
0: of like of just it's like film and and basic cuts and like that's it right? yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, you're not doing any like captions or like right i'm doing instagram
1: handles that's basically it Mm -hmm. and uh through like time-lapse stuff that we're doing like whether or not it's like time-lapse driving or time-lapse like landscape stuff i'm adding my own music into it which is something i want to add more of in the future yeah there's not enough hours in the day but this winter i want to spend like a lot of time i want to take like a full month and finally finish my rising sea record like the actual album but then i want to write like like four or five like records of just instrumental music that i'll use as a cache of music to use for all the youtube stuff mm. that way all the music's mine any bit of music you hear in There's any no of the like vlogs,
0: monetizing or copyright right exactly it'll music. just be me
1: yeah all the so the whole channel will be like organic it'll mm-hmm. be all, all me so um it's been awesome on this on this cross-country trip the first few episodes that were posted has been a massive massive positive uh, feedback from people on Instagram and YouTube saying like these are getting better and better which is awesome because like I said I feel like I'm doing the same thing but I think it's getting it's getting more natural feeling yeah. and not quite so like forced
0: what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you time all this
1: time? time man time it's like being self employed, having to shop in my house, you're married to it. If it's busy, it's like I'm just grinding. And then if I'm on the road, I got to remember to like film. And then once that's done, when I get home, I need to remember to take time to upload to my hard drive, then put everything in Final Cut and then edit, get it done. Then it takes, because I only have like a thousand subscribers, it still takes like six to eight hours to upload a 20 minute video. Mm-hmm. So I got to make sure I upload that stuff overnight. And it's time. It's been, that's been the biggest hurdle is mm-hmm. like trying to trying to dedicate time to doing everything like i said i need to be finishing i need to be sitting here in the condo at night <laughs> finishing <laughs> vlogs then <but> we're talking <laughs> i know man it's crazy we, we, we joke we joke that i need a secretary all my friends are like man you need a secretary <laughs> and i'm like i know i need if any yeah <laughs> and then you need money to pay for a secretary right, and it's yeah. like it's like oh man and you're like i'll just do it myself it's crazy at, at the end of the day like life is so good you know what I mean like I like I love what I'm doing I wouldn't be doing this or stretching myself thin if, you didn't. if I did but if I didn't so I'm happy like 2019 has been like one of the best years like life is a roller coaster for sure I've had some ups I've had some downs more downs at the beginning of the year than Ops but man like I, I I told myself I was gonna turn this year around it was gonna be an amazing year uh I didn't really want to sell the seven series but the whole trip came together bringing a dream car home uh traveling and seeing friends but trying to make it a job as well and try to like make money doing the whole thing too it's good like i i stress out about time i stress out about everything on my plate everything i want to do i keep thinking about a podcast i'm like when am i gonna have the time to do that Mm -hmm. but it's like we're not getting any younger might as well just do it just yeah. just do Dude, it can
0: you imagine doing all this and not document it that doesn't, doesn't I know. That sound fucking I, that's crazy. what i
1: did with like i mean on, on like the, the bmx old trips. School ways. yeah like all the stuff i did with bmx we had filmers and photographers and stuff with us so there's like documentation of that but it wasn't on like an intimate level mm-hmm. you know a, a intimate level as far as like people following your every step like hey it's like you don't have to document your entire personal life which i'm not doing but it's like in an event like this where you're like on a specific trip to, so it's like well. yeah it's like in the morning we're going to get coffee but at coffee we ran into these guys and these guys have this really sweet thing going on so we're filming this too and and um i love it man
0: dude how much of like what you do and like all this stuff like do you ever miss stuff documenting
1: wise I, I a lot of stuff a lot yeah. of stuff that when i'm stuff. on my own corey has been clutch because <laughs> the, the it's so funny the people i've been talking to down here this weekend that followed the youtube videos of our cross-country trip like no Corey and I, <laughs> I i get that people know me because i'm I'm, a, I'm always a chatterbox i travel a lot i'm always i just love meeting people i'm always so i get that people know, know you, a bit yeah. about me But, like, Corey is, like, super quiet. Yeah. doesn't I mean, in our our circle of friends, he talks a lot, you know. But, like, out in public, he's just super quiet. quiet. So, it's so funny. We were talking to some guys last night. We were talking about the YouTube videos. And they're like, dude, like, Corey's, like, totally, like, your bodyguard. Like, he's just quiet in the (laughs) background, not saying anything. And it's cool that they've, like, kind of come on this ride with us. Yeah. But Corey's been instrumental in, like, filming a lot of stuff. Because I do miss a lot. I'll get talking to a group of people. And the whole night goes by. And then I'm like, oh, I should have been filming stuff. Yeah, so Corey's like been really good at like just grabbing the camera. That's cool that he's
0: been like your right hand guy
1: for sure. And we want to start the shop together anyway, so it's been awesome that he's been uh, helping me film a lot of stuff too. Cool. So because at the end of the night after I'm done talking, people have left the meat that we've been putting on. I'm like, oh, and he's like, no, I've, I got like all the cars over here,
0: dude. Tell us about your your setup with all this, um, like hardware. What? No, we're like documenting like your cameras and all that stuff. Like, what yeah, you, as far what as, as my do hardware, do like, have, yeah, I'm, okay.
1: um. So it's basically like an entry level setup right now, because uh, I don't want to go too crazy with, I don't want to go too crazy with buying gear that like professional guys are are using, because there's no point in spending a ton of money if I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So, um, like I was Figured telling you it earlier, you upgrade later if it comes Yeah.
0: Time. If not, it's
1: it's still cool. So I had a Canon 60D uh, that I bought off a friend years ago to just start doing photo and video work. I like photography, but I feel like I've got a good eye for composition, but I've got like a color deficiency. So when I, when it comes to post work and like color grading, like I'm, I'm a complete mess. I don't know what I'm doing. So I didn't really get into still photography too much, but that 60 D doesn't have autofocus on video. So you can't do anything. Like if you're walking up to somebody, you have to literally be focusing it as you're walking around. So I bought a 70 D, which is obviously pre five D Mark, Platform cannons, so I could. I bought that for just a few hundred bucks, and I already had some Canon lenses that's got autofocus, so I've got that with like a Rode mic. We were talking about that yeah. earlier. Um, super basic there. I've got a GoPro now. I bought one of the Hero Sets. What do you
0: use the GoPro for?
1: Like In-car uh, in car time lapses, okay? Got it. There's a lot of YouTube guys that I've seen, uh, that film their episodes and their vlogs only with a with a GoPro with like a handle with a light under it, so you got like what, some co- next what stuff. kind
0: of a handle are you working with? Do you have like a Gorilla Pod, or what do you use? I've,
1: Oh well, I've got yeah, I've got one of the gorilla pods, uh that I use my, with my DSLR, mm-hmm. with the 70D. Yeah. If I'm doing any static shots in the shop and I'm by myself, I'll use I'll use that, and that you can like yeah, make it fit. Dangerous. And then
0: Corey was telling me you guys have like a lot of
1: batteries, right? For you, dude, you have to. That's the one <laughs> thing you'd forget. We're on the road. It's Remember like- we
0: were here, like, and I was like, shit, I gotta charge up, dude.
1: we <laughs> trust me, we're learning this together because on this trip, I knew for a fact. I'm like, all right, I need to like four extra GoPro batteries because I know for sure we're going to be eating those things up on the road. Yeah. If we got a, you know, on the windshield. I bought like your typical GoPro setup. I bought a GoPro, a bunch of batteries, a bunch of micro SD cards and like some window mounts, you know, for them. I only have one right now. I think two would be fun, but I have like a handle, like a handheld thing for the GoPro in case we were walking around with it. Yeah. Because I watch some of these guys' YouTube videos and like that's all they use. That's it. They got GoPros and that's yeah. it. Um, but I already had the the Canon at that point, so I, I use that for most of the walk around stuff because the mic, the audio is way better than the GoPro with yeah. like a proper mic. Yeah, that's
0: mic. that's the one thing where the where we fall short on a GoPro.
1: I'd rather walk around with a GoPro with a little handle because it's way more incognito, and you don't have you don't know holding this big camera up. But yeah. uh the video and audio quality of the Canon is Dude, really good.
0: Dude, speaking of learning curves, you remember
1: when we tried to do the podcast at H Two O year last year? Yeah, and you were freak, you were a complete stress <laughs> case.
0: Yeah. So for those that don't know, like I, I, I we met up and we were gonna do a podcast and you're a morning person it was really yeah. early drinking your coffee like today and like the my podcast was like super new like yeah I, you only I, done one with nick craft right, yeah, that was it yeah, that was it and yeah. i had like my 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 vlogging camera which later found out that it's not good to it doesn't run for a very long time right so like uh yeah you, like and, I were, like 30 yeah, minutes you and i were like sitting down talking and then like it shuts off and i was like fuck and, then was, <laughs> and you were like you're like the nicest person you were like it's cool it's cool we'll just redo yeah. it and we were like we redid it or we tried to and then we were like talking about stuff that we had already talked about and i was like oh you know what whatever and then it turns off again and we're just like this is not our well, day well that was
1: that was the first podcast that i'd ever yeah, been on yeah and so although i remember
0: I'm, when you were like shaking your leg yeah you I know, i'm like, just
1: Fuck. yeah i'm just a uh like I don't, i'm like antsy i've, I've yeah. got add or whatever you want to call it I'm Dude, like, i was so- i'm always like Tapping or like (laughs) tapping my foot or something, and I could tell because you were like looking at my foot, like freaking out. Like he's got to stop that.
0: dude i was fucking <laughs> bummed i was like heartbroken. yeah you were like,
1: stressing real hard i was trying to bring you back yeah so, to so
0: long story short i don't don't use that camera anymore but yeah man it's all like such a learning experience it is, yeah. and
1: you get better it's like anything practice makes yeah, perfect you know? know like just doing the same thing yeah. or the same type of thing over and over you get what better at so
0: it. what's your vision for the podcast or maybe a premise or like what do you like yeah tell us a
1: little bit more about that man the podcast so i was stressing about a name I played music my whole life, so coming up with a band name is like super oh, important. Dude, you know what I mean? So like hard. you know, bands or like your podcast, it's like that defines. And if you and if and if not, it'll define itself later on. Like I wanted to change the name of the Governor's Club so many times because it yeah. started as like a joke. All these like younger kid like hype little car clubs, the windshield banner craze in like 2011 was getting huge. So we started the Governor's Club a few friends and I is just like a joke because we all had like like Matt Wall. Matt Wall, Nick Pro, a bunch of my other older friends that had vintage Mercedes and BMWs were part of it. And I was like, let's be the Yacht Club guys. Let's <laughs> be like the Country Club guys. We've got these vintage high-end classy cars. We'll make like a sticker with an anchor on it. We'll be the Governor's Club. You know, it was just, it was a joke. And then
0: it started from there. And so
1: yeah. we made stickers for H20 2012. I yeah. had my 1960 Mercedes there. Matt Wall had his E38 there. Uh, Nick Back had his Mercedes day. wagon. Yeah, all good days. But we had Governor's Club stickers like these anchors and like this crest. It's like... Crest looking sticker On the back of all of our cars In the same spot Center of the back window Down at the bottom And it was like 12 of us Maybe rolling around yeah. With those stickers And people were like It was it's the governor's What's club, this? and I'm like, and then people like, I'm like, odd, odd. I'm like, don't worry about it, it's a members only thing. <laughs> as a joke, that that exclusivity made it like more desirable, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, over the years, I started making stickers, shirts, and like just selling them. People were, to this day, people are like, how do we become a part of the governor's club? And I'm like, <laughs> you don't, you just like buy something you on the web some. store, <laughs> like it's just a thing. So, I wanted to get rid of that word club. I, as it became more of a serious thing, I'm like, I want to get rid of this, you know. But, it became its own thing, like branded. It's branded itself. We got guys in Japan, China, Europe. Yeah, we got that's guys in awesome. Australia. It's reach now. People are putting uh, to this day, man. It's been around for like seven years now. Uh, to this day, it blows my mind that people are putting our handle in their like bio on Instagram. That blows. I've never once asked somebody to do that. We got guys in China, Japan, Europe, all over the place with like awesome. the handle. And I'm like, why? Like, I want to know, like, why? why? What have we done? <laughs> what have I done? Or what is the TGC? In itself as an entity done that like makes that makes you want to
0: like rep it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's there. So I'm I was telling Corey, because Cory was like, Are you sure you want to use the TGC name to like start the shop? You know, or do you want to? I know that's your baby. Do you want to keep that? And I'm like, no, like I want this to be something tangible for the first time in its life because I feel like it's just been this random thing that just exists on Instagram and every now and then I'll do keerings or shirts Mm -hmm. or stickers. And Cause when people say what's the governor's club, I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what it is. I'm to make some stickers and stuff. And you <laughs> want a sticker? Like, that's all it's been. Now it's like it's there's an opportunity to uh the cars I have myself become TGC cars. Cause I, I am yeah, TGC it's, basically. It's your
0: brand, it's yeah, it's your look, it's your it's
1: you. Yeah. So the cars become TGC cars uh by default, basically, but I want to like start making TGC cars. Mm-hmm. Like with Corey, we can start actually we'll be methodical about it. It's like, we're going to do a Mercedes wagon. We'll get that. We'll do this kit. We'll do these wheels. We'll have it look like this. And then we'll like present it as a TGC car that somebody can buy. Or we'll do cool giveaways, not sketchy raffles. We'll do like actual, <laughs> like raffles. we'll do like actual giveaways where, and I love that idea. Cause I do, I, I make merchandise for guys on YouTube that do car giveaways to where it's like, you know, spend $20 on the web store and get a, get a, an entry to win this car or something. So they're paying me to make leather keyrings or wooden rear mirror hangers or something that they end up selling on their web store. Immediately, all I'm thinking is, I could make all that stuff myself for my own giveaways and that cut out a middleman type yeah. deal. So that's kind of the, 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 the idea of TGC. I thought about changing the name over and over and over again. But it's you. To, yeah, to answer your question, to go back, um, basically what I want to do with the podcast is integrate it into what tgc is or what i want it to be now i want it to be the shop the idea with the podcast is to do exactly what you and i are doing right now like just and you
0: would have guests obviously yeah oh absolutely
1: because i'd like to have a studio i mean while we're in new hampshire it's kind of tough like when you're in la or nashville or richmond or somewhere that's like central you get more people coming through so you could have an actual studio where you've got people visiting yeah i do have a lot of people that come visit me but it's it's like it's an exclusive thing where friends from like Europe might come over right. to visit me for a week. Yeah, that's
0: my problem with the podcast. Is, I yeah. mean, I live in DC and people co- come to and stuff, yeah. but I wish I was in LA, man. Yeah. That's where I feel like I do most of my everybody. Like my Yeah. Life.
1: So I, it will be a traveling podcast, but I want it. It's not just going to be automotive. Like, and you're straight though, because you travel. So yeah, that's what I want to do. I'm like, why am I not doing this? It's one more thing added to the itinerary when I travel, but. I'm already talking to people. I might as well just set stuff up a camera and some microphones <laughs> just and just make it. it an episode, you know. Yeah. So I don't want it strictly automotive related. It'll be automotive based for sure, based around the garage. But I'm going to talk to friends that I played music with over the years, or kids that are still playing music. I want to integrate the BMX thing uh or any any walk life, kind of like what you're doing. Yeah. It's not just one specific community based, wow. um, which which I, I like in some podcasts, but. I want to do everything for sure Dude,
0: what's crazy about my podcast is like i didn't have like a premise really in the beginning like i gave it a name how it's done but you kind of just figure it out you know like along the way and like i, I what's funny is I, I i i took a step back like um when i took like that year off with it and i'm obviously doing it again and i thought to myself like what do all these people have in common? Like, right. And and I looked at it and it's cool. It's like all these people are like artists, but they have like their own companies. They're not just like making art just to make it. Like they're making art to like with a company, like, like you're making these cars and you're making these like leather, like, like, you know, with your laser engraving thing, but you're like, but it's creative. Right. It's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that's sort of just like the direction I want to go to. So I'm like, like, sort of like excited to see like what direction you take your podcast i appreciate in. it man yeah, could, i'm excited yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm ex-
1: i'm excited uh, my biggest my i don't want to say fear but my the thing i it's always in the forefront of my head is like is it going to be interesting enough that people want to listen to it you know and and i feel like just in the stuff that i experience through traveling or with friends and stuff i feel like there's so much content there that like there's like an overwhelming amount of stuff yeah. we can talk about that people are actually interested in. Because the, the same thing with the business, with like, when I first started the business, I didn't know how to like, I didn't know how to like price stuff. I'm like, I don't know, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And people are like, <laughs> no, that's a hundred bucks. Like, don't ever undersell your stuff. So the fact that I wouldn't spend a hundred dollars on something that I was gonna make doesn't mean someone else wouldn't. Right. So for me with the with the content in the YouTube and the podcast and stuff, I sit back and I go, I don't want to sit there and listen to someone like me talk about something like that for two hours. But that doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't. So I try to push that aside. I, I, I built these brick walls up and said, no, nah, you know what, I won't do a podcast because no one's going to want to listen to it. But then when I break that wall down, I'm like, oh, you know what, there probably are a lot of people that would want to listen to it, so I'll just do it anyway. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least I'm doing it. And with the YouTube thing, that's exactly what I did. And it's, it's been an overwhelming amount of people messaging me on both Instagram and on the YouTube comments being like, so excited you're doing this. Like, I feel like we're living vicariously through you on these trips, like, and people are like talking, even here in Ocean City that, that have watched the videos on this last trip, they're like, dude, like when you came in into Billings and like that happened or this happened, like, oh, it's so cool to see you guys like do this or do that. Or it's so cool that you met up with so-and-so in Omaha. Um, and so I'm like, wow, people are actually like watching this and actually retaining it. They're like remembering what happened. I don't remember what happened, mm-hmm. and I'm filming it and I'm living it. I'm like, I don't really. We, like, what's going on? Yeah, I think if you, I
0: think if you did do a podcast, I feel like it'd be cool because like you know it's always fun talking to you, I'm, and like you always talk to a lot of people. So I feel like that would be like a good way to like show that.
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's like I said, it's something I wanted to do for a long time, and I feel like I'm last to finally do it. Same with the YouTube. I feel like everybody's <laughs> doing it, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do it too, but. I think, I think just it being an organic, natural, uh, and p- that's, that's, um, that's like contagious in a way, you know, when people are just doing like what they do and it's natural and they're not forcing it and they're not like there to like make money. We all want to make money doing it. Cause the dream is to do something you love and, and, but when you're a in that stage
0: where you're just doing it for fun and you're like, just, you know, rolling with it, like that's when you really, yeah. are, you know? Yeah. So, um, I
1: mean, I think, I think if I've learned anything in this whole last couple of years, uh, of starting the YouTube or starting to be more uh, present on Instagram. Cause like my personal Instagram is just there. I don't do anything to create an audience there. Same with TGC. TGC, I got to share uh, for a while. It'd be like once every four months I'd share a photo on TGC. And it's <laughs> and it's just going. And the same thing with my personal one. But I think the one thing I've learned, the best thing I've learned out of this um, with like doing more Instagram story stuff and t- taking people along with like what we're doing is 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 to just, take those leaps and just do it. You know, like uh, cuz I don't like talking to a camera. I don't like walking down the street in public or around people and being like, "Hey, so we're here with my friend so and so and everybody's like people that aren't used to a camera being around i kind You're of like, watching you." Or in Lord. an airport, you know, like walking through an airport being like, "We're at Boston Logan, we're headed to England. We can't wait to see you guys." You know, stuff like that. And people, and people are like, "It's so weird." Yeah, so it took a while for me to break that down, but I think the thing I've learned most is like is to just take the leap. Just do it. Who cares what other people think? Don't stress about what people think. Just be yourself. Don't fabricate anything, you know, as far as like the way you are. Just be you and just do it. I think that's the most- uh, And then
0: people will like follow.
1: Yeah, because that's the coolest thing about YouTube. If everybody acted the same or did the same stuff, no one would care. So like a lot of this YouTube stuff, these guys that are like, making videos or basically presenting their lives. It's like, they're all different. And and I think that's the coolest thing. Like the stuff that that you talk about, the people that you have on the podcast, the life that you live is different to mine. We're comparable in certain ways across the board with other people, but everybody's got different life experiences and have different things to say, different outlooks on things. And I think that's what makes this whole thing Really interesting is like it's diverse, you know, like, yeah, and plus,
0: dude, if you weren't doing this, I feel like people wouldn't like really know who you are, and yeah, uh, and I guess they're getting like a a glimpse of like your life, your friends, like your passions, and like I you know hate to be repetitive, but like who you are, and that's yeah, really, that's cool that that's like resonating like on a platform,
1: yeah, and I, I think. There's no, I don't want it to seem like a self-promotion thing. I'm not trying to like. You're just having fun, man. Showing everybody stuff. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it started with just friends I knew that were like, oh man, I wish I could travel with you. And I was like, well, I guess if I like photo, if I like photo and video document everything, it's like I can show you what's going on. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been a natural thing. I'm excited for the future as to what's coming. Cause I feel good. This, this, yeah. 2019 has been awesome, man. Like I'm glad to hear that, man. Man. Like coming into this fall, I'm like, there's so much stuff so much stuff on the burners and i'm really excited once Corey and i walk into unit space we're going to be in new hampshire for like at least another year we'd like to, as we were saying before i'd like to get down towards virginia probably mm-hmm. and uh because we'll to be airport. a lot
0: closer <laughs> heck yeah
1: and uh yeah and and start chiseling away all the stuff i want to get like uh, rolling get the gears turning with a lot of different stuff and not be afraid of there's not enough hours in the day and just grind and just do it and um i'm not i'm no like I'm no motivational speaker by any means. I'm actually trying to like keep that motivation alive myself, but to just chisel through it. I mean, I spent, yeah. I mean, I spent some time this spring, like, like stressed about a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been stressed about. And now that it's like, I'm like clear headed and focused. It's like, you see, it's, like, it's such light. an, <laughs> it's such an optimistic outlook. Cause it's like, man, like the world is ours. We can like literally do like whatever we want, grab whatever is, is you want and like, take it, you know? So, I'm excited to start the podcast, the shop. I'm excited to like finish like the Rising Sea album, which I still haven't done since two years ago when we did this podcast. <laughs> but like we were going to talk about, I did end up writing uh, some soundtrack pieces for the Felgen Tilt.
0: Yeah, yeah I was going to talk about that, man. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So basically when we were on our Z tour last year from England to Austria, we spent some time in Germany. And after Z, we stayed in Dresden, Germany with the Felgen Tilt guys who are a, a video production mm-hmm. and like apparel brand out of Germany. And uh, and they've they've umbrellaed themselves. They have got a couple companies underneath that they like. They they do the uh, Messer wheels, and they do a few other things like, underneath this plant Yeah, they got a lot
0: going. on. They got,
1: dude, they've got a five story building in Dresden. Mm-hmm. A five story building, like That's huge. different floors for different. Dude, they like, pump out a lot of merchandise. People too. don't realize that Felgentil, like they they got a lot of irons in the, the fire. Operation is crazy. and it's like legit too. Like the top floor is like their like break room and like cafeteria with like a study. There's like a study like library in there. I'll send you some photos because ah, I know you're. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're um. They've got some crazy stuff going on. Well, when we were staying with them, my friend Kevin Zimmerman and Bremi, who are both uh, like the social media end of Falcon Tilt, we were just walking through Jesden. They were taking us to like, this breakfast spot, and uh, Kevin was like, "We were talking about music." Kevin's like, "Are you doing much with music?" And I'm like, "You know, as much as I can, considering the time I have." And they're like, "Well, we we wanted to talk to you about doing some music for some of our." some of our movies and i'm like dude that's the dream job as you and i talked about a couple yeah. years ago the dream job is really to like sit in the studio and write music for like movies that'd be like yeah. that's the dream job so this is like oh this is a perfect stepping stone because they're like legitimate they're like a legitimate video production company in the automotive industry and they're like yeah we'd love to have you write some stuff so i was like this would be amazing so for their worth movie 2018 worth movie i wrote the whole intro it's only like a minute long, maybe, but I sat down and wrote an exclusive piece for the intro to their movie, and it's it was really cool. That's Mar- Marty from Falcon was like super happy with it, and they did a reboot. They did like a second 2018 Lord Z movie, and they had me write another piece for um, a segment that's in that as well. Yeah. And so I talked to JJ Larson too, who's with Rotiform full time now. He was with Dubcore for a while, but he's yep. oh I he know, owned I Dubcore. Know JJ, yeah. Yep. So I talked with him at Simply Clean last year, and we talked about that. He's like, yeah, I heard your music in the Falcon stuff. Like we should we should talk you know i, I got like exactly i got tons of tons of video stuff coming up and it's been a while we haven't talked for probably a year now but i want to hit him back up too if i got more time yeah it's it's a motivator it serves as a motivator for sure absolutely because
0: dude that's something that like the only two people that i know doing that right now is like you and, and, and the halcyon and yeah yeah that's pretty much it yeah if anybody wants like custom music from somebody who's like in the scene like YouTube. yeah i mean
1: I, I wish i was doing it more often that way i could like do commission stuff if yeah. people were like because i i have like a certain style i do love that synth wave like 80s stuff and i can write that kind of stuff but it's not my it's not the music i'm writing all the time like right. i mostly do like ambient like indie type uh-huh. stuff um lots of open atmospheric type music like very like gut-wrenching like emotional sounding music like uh-huh. that's why the intro to their tilt or movie is like these giant scapes of like the the Austrian Alps and looking out over the lake and it's like very open-ended music going to it. So it's very kind of like emotional feeling.
0: How did you, so I got to ask like from a, from an artist's perspective, like how did you approach that intro? Did you like watch it with like a, like a rough take of it without music or did you just like write something and then s- did you see if it went with like, a, can you like explain to that? Yeah, like, and that actually I'm,
1: I'm glad you asked that because this is, man, like when I have time, and that's the hardest part is getting the time. But when I have time, I'm like, when I write music the way I want to write the music, I'm like that writer that that like retreats to his cabin in the woods for like three months, no contact with the outside world and writes. If I had the time, that's what I want to do with music. So what I do is is my writing process, which I haven't done in quite a while. I did it with writing the Falcon Tilt pieces. But what I do is I sit in my studio dimly lit (laughs) If the phone's not, if the phone's in the room with me, it's on silent, face down, not even paying attention. But what I like doing is, I'm a film nerd. I'm a massive film nerd, and I really like Hans Zimmer stuff. I'm pretty sure we, talk yeah, about we talked in the about this last podcast. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Who what I, I
0: checked out more in depth after, like, I knew I had known about him, and I yeah. knew about his like, like, really well known stuff. But I like dove into that. Pretty, yeah, he does pretty some well pretty well incredible after our stuff. episode.
1: So what I do is I, I like to. I like to in the dimly lit studio. I like to have like um, like an emotional music. I'm um, an emotional movie playing if I can. Silent, no audio, and you can tell just by like the visual of the movie. It's like emotional, or it's like heart wrenching, or it's like pretty in depth. Uh, and you just match that, yeah. And what I do is I just I sit there with my guitar with like my delay pedal or some sort of atm- atmospheric sounds. You know, I, I write a lot of like uh, sequencing, like a lot of electronic like stringed instruments like cellos and violins and stuff i'd love in the future to have like friends that actually play those instruments be like an organic thing there but what i'll do is i'll sit there with my guitar watching this movie basically uh on mute and just write just start playing if you and start looping stuff and get these sounds going and like build work with the emotion that you're looking at visually and add the audio emotion with it as well so um, they didn't send me clips right off the bat, but I knew ex- I knew their yeah, style, I knew so I the style. knew the intro to this movie That's was awesome. gonna be like landscape shots, wide open spaces, uh, sunset or sunrise type stuff. Lots of drone footage over the mountains, and so I started with that vision in my head and just started writing. Yeah, you have to check it out. I'll show you today before yeah, you leave. I'd but like if anyone's this, listening, yeah. yeah, definitely search Felgentilt Worth is 2018 and the intro film is uh, the intro to that film is is my music
0: so tell us a little bit about like um what what you use like in that whole process like as far as like you know gear wise um
1: so i'm kind of behind the times i know a lot of people use pro tools that's like an industry standard i use uh logic pro which is an apple based program but they're all kind of similar as far as like layout you know it's almost like video editing Mm -hmm. adobe premiere and final cut are all kind of like same idea looking Um, so i've i've got a i've got like a modest home studio i don't have like a professional setup but um i've got enough to where i can pre-pro like pre-production all my stuff first and get everything the way i want it uh structure wise um mix wise for the most part but when i press something i'll i'll have a friend with a studio actually master it and do all that stuff so gear wise i've got a full kit you know full drum kit in my studio um I've got my guitar rig and my guitar pedals and stuff, but I, I'm just running an iMac in there with Final Cut Pro 10. Oh no, I'm sorry, Logic, Logic Pro 10, uh, which is Apple's audio. Um, with just like an interface, and I've got like a 49 key weighted uh, keyboard interface. So any piano, I, I kind of play piano. I'm super rusty, but, <laughs> I, but any piano or like stringed instruments or whatever, I can I can play through a weighted key. When I used to play live, that was an awesome interface to have because it emulates a uh, like an actual piano it's not like a keyboard where it's just like a uh, there's yeah. no weight to it um
0: and you're plugging up each one with a mic yeah
1: yeah well the interface is plugged right into my, the keyboard interface is plugged right into oh, the okay. computer yeah but as far as drums and my guitar goes yeah i'm micing those um which is going to help with the podcast because I've, I've already you got like audio equipment and i've got audio like experience and stuff like that so yeah um, the gear is is modest. My guitar rig and stuff is something I've had for a long time. So I'm kind of a gear nerd with guitar. I play all Fender. I've got a, mm. I've got a 1960s reissue Fender um, DeVille 410 like combo amp that was still made in California before they went uh, to Mexico to make them. So I, I like I like my Fender stuff. I like the American guitars. I'm in the process of uh, trying to buy a dream guitar right now, which is uh, mm. either a Jaguar or a Jazzmaster, like a white on white, a white on mother of pearl pick guard uh jazz master jaguar it's got a super vintage look to it i'm a guitar
0: cross country sure.
1: tour for this guitar <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um and i want to integrate all that stuff too like not just the car stuff because a lot of people that are into cars are into music too we've all got different tastes in music oh, but isn't um, it
0: crazy what what like all the random stuff people listen to like yeah the car exactly seat?
1: there's a lot of stuff i don't like but i like i'm one of those guys that answers like when so what do you kind of music do you like well, i like everything like i i literally do I'll, i'll, I'll entertain a, a whole lot of different scenes of music but, dude, as
0: far as like scores are concerned, like I love like the the Stranger Things
1: what those dude, two dudes are doing. I forget the, their names. Synthwave stuff yeah. is like my favorite. I a, I've yeah. added a lot of that stuff. So I mean, I like I like old Western stuff too. Like the you'll hear in the Felgen Tilt one. I have like a I have like slide guitar in it, and it gives it like this like dry Western kind of sound. But I also love, 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 love synth wave mm. stuff. Like, dude, speaking of Western, did you watch um, with
0: Quentin Tarantino's new movie? Yeah, dude,
1: I was there opening night. I, I saw that movie twice. Same, twice in theaters. Corey was with me both times. Like, I'm <laughs> a massive. Other aside from film nerds, I will, I'm a Quentin Tarantino guy for sure. I love, love his movies. So when we were in California, we we walked Celio Drive. Oh yeah, yeah, where where the Manson murders took place. Wow. So in, in, we actually have that in one of the vlogs. Oh, like, we cool. actually went to Celio Drive, where. Like Brad Pitt comes flying down in the Carmen in that movie. Like we were at that street, and that's the actual street where the Manson murders took place. Uh, like the actual street. So that's I, legit. so between being a film and history nerd, it was really cool to be there. You know, because that's where it actually took place, and that's where Tarantino filmed. The no, movie I'll have too. to
0: check that out. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. So it was pretty cool to go there. My buddy
1: Alex, who we stayed with in in, in uh, L A, took us there. He took us to all the. I've been to L A before, but not to that particular spot. Corey had never been to california before ever in ever well, so his first time there was like driving there from the east coast so that was like a cool experience for him and we didn't just drive there we drove there in an 81 right hand drive bmw <laughs> but then we got, we went to the hollywood sign we drove down sunset you know we saw like the viper room we saw like oh we saw all the uh with the comedy store we saw all the, like the, the the downtown stuff i'd done all that stuff before too but, but it was cool
0: that that um he had seen was well, seen that for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, my whole thing, I don't know this might sound kind of weird, but I one of the main reasons why I saw that movie t- uh the Quentin Tarantino movie twice but I like doing things when I'm with somebody who's doing something for the first time. Yeah. So if yeah, they're yeah. like watching a film or going to a place that I have or, or, uh, you know that I've experienced already yeah it's kind of cool to see like somebody that you know you care about or a friend like experiencing that for the first time it
1: almost for me in a situation like that it almost like I almost uh try to revisit it with new eyes yeah you know like I'd seen the movie already or whatever and then a friend may go to see it again and I'm like i've already seen it so i know i know what happens but i'm like watching with new eyes and picking up new things and i I agree yeah Yeah, i like that too
0: so dude uh you just recently you've been recently getting back on your bike right
1: (laughs) yeah so Corey has a lot to do with that too um so as we covered in the first episode you know i rode full time for probably like i don't know seven or eight years and uh um as I'm getting older, and because I don't do it it's as often, it's harder on my body. You know, like it's it's uh it's tough. I feel like every time I ride now, I like pull a muscle or something. It's, it's and I stretch every morning. I do everything I can to make sure I'm like it limber. Still happens. And yeah, so uh, so I I've been taking it easy the last couple of years. I maybe rode like actually rode like went to a skate park and like rode did tricks that whole deal uh like twice like once or twice a year maybe like it's come down to like very seldom. Well, when we were in England this past June, we stayed with my buddy, Ben Walker, who usually comes over here for Ocean City from England every year. We stayed with him for Players Classic, and he rides. And his buddy, who he shares a unit space with at a garage, has a, has a bike too, and he rides. And they had an extra bike, and they were like, well, you guys want to go to this local skate park? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So Corey and I went with them over to uh, like this local concrete park, which is this awesome skate park. So we both, Corey grew up riding motocross, so he's like good on a bike just naturally, And uh, we pedaled around and stuff. And uh, Corey was like, I think I want to buy a bike when I get home, like a BMX bike. And I jokingly said, man, if you buy a bike, like I'll definitely ride more because we hang out all the time and we could like go ride. And I miss riding so we got home he went and bought a bike and dude we've been riding almost every single weekend this summer which is good and bad oh, it's good cool. it's good because I'm super stoked to be back on my bike and I forgot how much I really loved it we have our bikes right yeah now I saw side. I was like whoa so, <laughs> yeah so um, that's the good part the bad part is I'm still pulling all the muscles
0: uh-huh. <laughs> so, no, did you guys take your bikes on the cross country tour
1: no we didn't we had no room oh, no yeah. room I would have um, imagined we yeah. were packed tight in the BMW on the yeah. way out because I, I drove I drove
0: more space with the new car <laughs> yeah
1: seriously well the, the <laughs> thing that killed us on the drive out was I drove the car I drove the BMW out to california on the stock wheels with like big stock tires and the hc e. Snitzers were in the car with us mm. and there was like no space we were in kyron's like six foot six
0: do you think you could have driven that whole thing with the hc e. Snitzers?
1: yeah no? maybe but i don't want to risk it yeah. because that the wheels were going with the car and they were uh, you, you want know, them
0: to be like
1: they're a vintage three piece wheel with titanium hardware with small tires and we're driving across america the amount of road uh, the amount of bad roads and like road construction and all that stuff I didn't want to hit like some bridge expansion joint in yeah. like Missouri somewhere and like bend or crack a wheel What you
0: guys do about like did you like Painter's tape, braw, yeah. like what'd you do? Yeah, like painter's tape. Like,
1: I had never put painter's tape on any of my cars and <laughs> I knew, and, and I Dude, I knew it. Like driving 3,200 miles across country. So both cars we did. Like basically Did you do like,
0: hood too? Or?
1: Half the hood down, um whole front end because that 7 series had the super rare non-fog light bbs front splitter and i'm like i can't break this thing so covered the whole nose and then like behind the front wheels on like the the side skirts which are also super rare then on the century on the way home too the is like super nice shape so we we basically covered the front end of that car too (laughs) so i'm like a painter's tape like application like master yeah yeah um but uh yes we painters taped them up and the car survived well i lost the Coming into Phoenix with the BMW, I lost one of the European, like, bump strip pieces. Did are you s- hear it? Which are- so we're, we're coming into Phoenix. We're coming into, like, heavy traffic. And we're along this, like, Jersey barrier. There's, like, on-ramp, on- getting onto another highway. And I thought I could hear something, like, like mm. scraping. But it was very subtle. I've lost that bumper strip before. And I, Did it ever
0: I, occur to you, like, oh, this might be? Well, I a, heard it, and, and
1: it's right-hand drive, obviously, and it was on the left-hand front side. And Kyron was up front at the time, and I'm like, Kyron, look at that window. Are we dragging anything? And he's like, Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, What does it look like? He's like, oh, I was like black, and I'm like, Oh no. So by the time we got back onto the freeway, this because you couldn't pull over under, and, right? And, yeah, right. Then we were in, we we're on like an on ramp. The noise stopped, and I was like, Can you look again? And he like looks out the. Like on. it's gone. I'm oh. like, and then we were in two. I would have gone back. How hard is it to get that piece? Luckily, I have one. Oh, okay. Because,
0: um, because can you imagine? Did it ever occur to you maybe just to take it off while you were driving? Or? No,
1: because I'd re, when I replaced it mm. after I lost it the first time, I put all new OEM like clips in it and it was all like legit. But we'd been driving for like 2,800 miles at that point mm. and like I just didn't think of it. And, um, luckily, I like hoard rare european car parts so i've got like three e23 euro bumpers at my house so i've Straight. got i've got a, and I, so i told the owner the, the new owner i sent him a photo i was like dude we lost a bump strip and he was kind of stressing at first like, oh man like and i was like it's, it's not a big deal like i've got one at home gotcha. i've got the clips they're super easy to install like i'll send it to you when i get home so i was already waiting on the title for the car because those cars are exempt from title in new Hampshire. So being from California, it's going to be easier for him to uh, register the car with a title. Yeah. So it takes like a month for the title to come in. So I told him, I said, when the title comes in, I'll send you the both pieces yeah. together. What was
0: that? Tra- I know I asked Corey this, but what was that transaction like? Like, was it
1: quick? Like, how? what was it like? So I'm trying to figure out what I should and should not say. <laughs> He's a cash only guy. Uh, he bought the lotta off me. Yeah. And paid in small bills. <laughs> And it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. And so I sold the 7 Series for like double what I sold the lot for. Oh, so man, like the you got night, a lot of the, bills. The night before. No, man, I I covered my bases this time. Because we had to fly to Seattle. We had to fly with money, which you can't. You What's can't, the
0: max that you can find? Ten grand. Ten grand, yeah. But it's almost like
1: before you declare it or whatever. And uh, before, I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> so, so it was a smooth the, the night before it was, but it like the night before we, uh, cause I hadn't met the guy in person yet. You know, we dealt with the lot transaction, but Amet's guys with the transaction. Oh, well, for company,
0: the lot, you didn't drive it to him. You no, just no. Like,
1: I, no. This guy, met, who's uh, a mutual friend of Ramon mm-hmm. and I's, uh, took it out there because he was taking a couple cars out for SEMA. He had a three car enclosed trailer and he was only taking two cars to SEMA. So he was like, yeah, we'll go get, on, to, on to LA out. from there. So, um, yeah, so we paid for the lot and I'm like small bills. And <laughs> it was not, it was like, you know, in a like, brown paper bag in time. the truck. Coming, yeah, so I texted him the night before the drop. Uh, that sounds so sounds so so sketchy. But like the night before we delivered the car, I texted him and I'm like, "Hey man, just so you know, we got to do large bills on this one. <laughs> no we just, ones. we can't no fives or tens. We can't do that or this time. Quarters. <laughs> so and it was no problem. It was no problem. Yeah. Um, and and I wired money home. Got a cashier's check, and then Corey and I divvied up the rest. Then no, yeah, problems. no, no that's problem. That's cool that it was smooth, man. Yeah, it was fine. I was stressing about it at first, and then once we lost that bump strip in Phoenix, I was really stressing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like what's he gonna want to do now? But I had the piece, and I told him like, listen, I'll send it to you when I get home. Super easy application, no problems. I think so, you'll see
0: that car again in
1: person? Well, he's. I mean, he's not. He's a car guy, but he's not in the car community. That's so.
0: what. I'm, that's Yeah, that's where I was going at. He like, bought two cars. Not, right.
1: He bought two cars off of my friend Keith, who we stayed with in Phoenix. So Keith kind of was like, yeah, he's legit. Like when he he first wanted to buy the lot and pay cash only, he wanted to like fly me to LA to pay me and then fly me home. And I'm like, we'll figure something else out. I don't know about that. But Keith's like, yeah, like he he's he's an, he's like, he, but
0: he doesn't like bring them out to shows and stuff. No, right? okay. no, they so just you like, may not see that car ever. Again? Probably not.
1: But he's like, he's always been like, hey, when you're when you're in Costa Mesa again, swing by, him. take one of the cars out if you want to take it to like a show or something. Like, That's good right. to know. So he's yeah. So I always we're we're with good rapport with him. For That's sure. good, man. Um, so people are joking that like, oh, so he's gonna own the Century in a few years. Like, you're gonna start selling them. <laughs> or he's gonna. Own I mean, the if he's my plug, if he's like my car guy.
0: He's gotta like, have quite a good collection at this
1: point. He's got. A, he he showed up. Uh, he's got some money. He's got money, but he showed up uh, in a brand new Range Rover, like a white with the black top. And I'm not like. I don't have the money to be rolling around in those kind of cars, but I it, the high end stuff but, but there's a like few cool. things that I really like and a high end Range Rover is one of them. And he showed up in this thing and I was like, Dude, that thing is awesome. That's awesome. And he's like, got my lotta in a garage <laughs> and he's driving this thing but yeah, so he, he likes he likes oddball stuff like I do mm-hmm. too. He just has a bigger budget than I do. Mm. But um yeah, so that was cool. That was it, it's in California. You know, it's in a garage, it's not sitting outside somewhere. It's in a good home, you know, for
0: that's, the most that's part. Good, so. That's good, man. It's always when you sell a car
1: it's good to know that it's in like good hands. Yeah. And it wasn't a car that I just flipped. It's mm-hmm. a car that I like pulled out of the woods and like transformed it and Was uh, it a little like sad? Yeah, it was bittersweet for sure. Yeah. I thought by the time we got to California having spent 3200 miles or more in that car, I was going to like be ready to watch it go. Yeah. But it was just the opposite cuz that car just that car just performed a, better than a new car on that whole drive and i had just the opposite when we got to california i was like oh man i really want to keep Can't this I thing turn now. around <laughs> yeah so yeah but it went fluently and then yeah then i was able to acquire one of my dream That's cars nice. for it oh, so yeah. and
0: so dude let's talk a little bit about where we are today ocean city ocean city h two O I. the weather man if weather. want to call it h two O I. yeah i
1: see i've been i i've uh i know everybody does and i know the argument it's not h2o yeah the strip indeed never was okay. um It's become this whole, like, I don't know what you want to call it. It's been like this. Yeah. What's
0: your take on that? I shamelessly still call these two a Y, but that's just because like bad habit. I get it.
1: And to be honest, I'm neutral about the whole thing. But I know guys that like helped, like, start it, kind of put it on in the early days, I guess. Um, And they're and they're kind of rightfully so. A little bit like, dude, it's not H two O, and it's like, yeah, you're right. You're not. You're right. It's in the Atlantic City now, you know. And the Strip never really was a part of the show, and some people would argue that it's a part of the reason why it's not here. It is the reason why it's not here. It is. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, all the merchandise that I make for our meats and stuff, I always just put the Strip and Ocean City on it. Like I've never branded H two O with any of the merchandise that we sell down here mm-hmm. because it's not H two O. So. That's where I stand on it. But if people call it H2O, I don't get upset. Yeah, it's I'm whatever. Like, don't call it H2O. I guess, whatever. It's yeah. whatever. It is what it is. There's way too many people down here to try to put a lid on it now. You know what I mean? Like it's out of the bag now. Like this this is just completely it, insane. Yeah. And as you know, the forecast this weekend is, is perfect. So last night. pretty perfect. <clears throat> we got here Wednesday, midday. Wednesday night and Thursday night were like the usual Friday and Saturday nights. So being Friday today, I Dude, can imagine. Aren't you only glad
0: it's not raining this year?
1: Yeah, it's well, rained so
0: much in the past. You've
1: seen the car I'm in this year, yeah, right? Yeah, The two years I brought the Corvair, which are not ideal for driving in the rain, the were the hurricane years. Oh my god! So when I was bringing the seven hundred, I'm like watching the forecast, and it's like it's beautiful. Dude, it's, it's in the gorgeous. sky right now. So, but that that brings everybody out. So it's just gonna be Dude, full. Cr- it's crazy
0: how how wild it was last night, and then kept telling yeah. myself it's only Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it's gonna be full. Dude, the Sandy. best thing about H two O or sorry Ocean City is like when the cars are coming in Friday night.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's going to be gridwalk you know, tonight. Oh it, yeah. it was gridwalk last night. Yeah. And, and, uh, man, it's so, dude, it's so much fun. I'll be here every year. People are I coming. Know, man. Like, I love I, it I so much. I keep telling myself
0: to do And it's funny. Cause I keep telling people that I had never been. It's like, just calm yeah yeah it's so cool you see a, sometimes you'll see a car that's like super cool
1: drive by and then you
0: never see it again and
1: and the, and the people too like my friend victor comes over from moscow russia we got another couple of friends from russia that are here with the ilb drivers club guys yeah. who come over from ireland every year and, yeah. make and there's a group of guys video. here from japan this year like yep. it's cool it's cool. man it's crazy we've got friends in from california from bc canada we got some friends from omaha nebraska that came in fred from 1320 actually drove here oh wow we had one of our meets in omaha and fred actually helped us set that up but yeah f- People come from all over the place. It's yeah. crazy.
0: And you're doing the keychains again this year. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that in case uh, for people who don't know about that? This is the
1: fourth installment. So basically what we started doing was we started doing Governors Club meets here in Ocean City uh, on the strip every year. And uh, in 2016, when I first started the laser business, I decided to start doing like a year-specific keyring in a different medium, different material every year that we do the meet. So 2016, I did a wooden keyring, had the... Ocean City logo on it, the Governor's Club logo. I said, you know, we did it at sunset. So it was called the Sunset Meet. And uh, I made like 100 of them. And we do them for like 10 or 15 bucks a piece. And they did well. Second year, 2017, I made a red leather keyring. Same deal, different logo, different medium, uh, the year on it. And more people were like, oh, I got to get this year's because I got last year's. So I'm like, oh, that's rad. Do you it's want like two?"
0: A, it's like a collectible.
1: And so I was like, all right, that's awesome. so two thousand and eighteen last year I did a black double sided leather keyring with the logo and a different different design on it different shape keyring. same deal people were like it, last year was insane. I did one hundred and fifty last year and they were sold out by like Friday morning so
0: They're you're dumb. obviously doing more this year so yeah. I did
1: two hundred and fifty this year just under two hundred and fifty uh, and this year I did a two color acrylic keyring and uh I thought I would have done have one here I don't <laughs> but uh it's a two-color acrylic. So when you laser engrave the surface, it reveals a core color. Oh, so it's a black surface like with a like Yeah, it's a black surface with a gold core. So it's black and gold. And then what I did was I laser cut a hole in it and then I laser I laser cut these leather straps mm. that go, that hold the split ring to it with a rivet. So it's a black and gold with a gold rivet leather and acrylic like multi-medium
0: that's cool that you use that as an outlet to sort of like try new things or just yeah. like switch it up
1: this year's been nuts man like nuts there's been people like it's a scavenger hunt now <laughs> it's so crazy every uh, there's a lot of groups of people i have run into when we're out shooting the 700 somewhere they're like we've literally been cruising the strip for the last like three hours of looking for the 700 because we know that's where the key rings are so when we find the 700 that's the we've we found ring, right? the key rings you know and and people are watching our stories like looking for like numbers of buildings or street numbers finding you guys and we'll be out way out in the middle of nowhere and people will come driving out like can we get a key ring i'm like how would you guys find us like oh you posted a story and we saw like this building and we knew that was down at this street and i'm like you guys are crazy (laughs) so it's become this like super fun thing where i want to keep doing it simply because everybody expects it now they're like oh we're going to get next year's key ring too you know so it started as a thing to have available at our meet now it's a thing that like we may not even have for the meat now because the people were buying them oh. before we were there. So it's super fun, but again, going back to making something you love your job. That's what this is becoming. People are super stoked on it because they're on holiday. They're bringing money to spend because they're on vacation, and fifteen dollars for a key ring is just like a part of their, a part it's of their like, like good trip. remembrance of the, of yeah. the event. yeah. But in in turn, I'm working. You know, and so being in Ocean City, it's not quite as relaxing as I'd like it to be. But mm-hmm. it's like my job, so I'd love yeah. to continue stuff like
0: this. And, and you're doing all these obviously with uh, with the resources and the tools from your business, Night Laser. Yeah. Uh, how are things going with that?
1: It's it's good. It really is. I can't I can't uh, I can't complain. This is only my fourth year doing this, and so I am riding that typical self employment like feast or famine income wave. You know. Yeah. So the first year I did it. I was super stressed if it got quiet for a couple of weeks. I'm like, what am I doing? I got to go to McDonald's and get a job or something. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but now being finishing up my fourth year, going into my fifth year. Now it allows me, it's almost like a breath of fresh air when it slows down a little bit. Cause I know it'll pick back up. I'm used to this ride now. So when it slows down, that's when I can work on music. I can work on the car projects. Um, it's going well, all in all, I'm excited to get home and crank out some hearings for you guys for the show next yep. week. I'm looking forward to those. I'm doing some for Nick Pontario for the show. He's going to give some out at the show. Um, yeah it's good it, it's either like complete insanity and since I work chill, from home yeah. I'm grinding seven days a week because I get typical people like oh you travel all the time must be nice and I'm like listen it's well you're nuts. out partying with all your friends Friday um, and Saturday Notre night team. or maybe Monday through Sunday night like yeah I'm in my shop in New Hampshire doing nothing so these like traveling this is like my equalization yeah. you know what I mean but um, even the traveling turns into work yeah. too but not only is going well I'm super grateful to everyone that has been like returning work. That's the best feeling in the world. I've been making a lot of keyrings for like uh, the Rotoform guys and stuff. And like when Jason will text me and be like, "We need more keyrings." I'm like, "This whole thing's working." Like this whole business and like generating a network of like clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it feels so good to start from nothing and then have people be like, "Hey, we're sold out. We need more." And it's like awesome. This is good. So, <laughs> what
0: what, uh, what are your goals for that for the for Night Laser just to sort of keep riding the wave that you're riding now or you do know, you have higher ambitions for it?
1: You know, I think ideally I think my goal with Night Laser would be to fade it out of commission work. And well, I mean, okay. I guess as an entrepreneur, because I'm I don't consider my people are like, I'm an entrepreneur. I think I don't think I'm an entrepreneur because I, I don't have that blood or that DNA. I think I've got to work for it. I got to stop and think about how I got friends that are like got their hands in so many different pots and it's like, oh that's what it's like to be an entrepreneur. For me, I think what I want to do with Night Laser if Night Laser took off and was super steady, it would behoove me to have employees working Night Laser. But I th- just thinking about that gives me heartburn. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like It's so tenacious and insane right now. I can't imagine what it's going to be like to have quality control with like mm-hmm. employees. So what I'd like to do, which may not be the best like financial decision, what I'd like to do is fade Night Laser out and specifically make Governor's Club stuff. Have like TGC be a shop and have the podcast and all that stuff, like be like generating revenue through one, a- through one avenue or but another. Not do
0: commission work, right? Well,
1: I mean, for friends, I would too, but I think ideally I'd love to have Night Laser be like under the umbrella of TGC and makes all of TGC's merchandise, but have TGC be doing enough to where it's almost a full time job making it's TGC sort merchandise. of like a
0: switch almost, yeah, yeah.
1: And I can like cut out the middleman, so I'm making all of my own merchandise, all the overhead is taken care of, um, yeah. Or things may change. The ways I didn't grow up always wanting to do that. So if that can become a tool to continue making merchandise for TGC or whatever I want to do, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to see or to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: dude. So you're always like obviously collaborating with different companies and like working and doing like your night laser products with them. Uh, speaking of like collaborating, I just I just saw on your Instagram like you not too long ago did, uh, had a had a uh, drawing of the Corvair done. Oh my uh, goodness! By by Rika,
1: yeah, like, t- Takacs t- 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 Rika uh, or Reka. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Takacs t- t- is her name. And uh, beautiful drawing, unbelievable. So there's this yeah. So there's this girl from Hungary, and she I'm pretty sure she's friends with my friend Emi who started a magazine called Rusty's. And we actually shot the Corvair for that magazine a couple years ago. And uh he he's like done the magazine just himself. So yeah. issue two, which has my Corvair in it, is still kind of in the process of being done. But I think I think that's how she found me on Instagram was through Emi. Um she's like 20 years old. She's an artist, and she does like automotive drawings. And beautiful.
0: She, I re- I actually DM'd her uh because I want to get a, a like that same sort of Drawing of the of the TSX, yeah, and potentially like my old Civic.
1: I'd be curious uh, to see if she does that because she made it sound like she doesn't do commission. Work. Oh wow, but yeah, I mean, I'd you, be,
0: I I would seriously pay. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, you,
1: well he, this is the crazy thing is she just posted like an Instagram story once and like tagged me in it of like an Initial sketch of like just the front. Oh, of the you
0: didn't car. even commission her to do no, it. no, 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 oh. she, yeah, that's
1: what I, she, I got the wrong impression. Right? I got, well, that's fine, maybe she'll yeah. start doing it. I yeah. mean, because she's got the talent to do dude, it, dude. Did you like actually mid-20. get like the physical? Copy Here's what right happened. There? I'll start at the beginning. So, yeah. I got tagged in an Instagram story, and it was like a preliminary, like, pencil sketch. Of yeah, the front I saw of the that car. when it was white, right? and it was so, clear yeah. that it was going to be insane, yeah, right? And she that. just tagged me and said, like, new, like, new piece started, or something like
0: that. I would like, I
1: was like, yeah, I was like, whoa. Whoa, so I messaged her and I'm like, "Whoa, like I can't wait to see this come together. Thank you so much for drawing my car." My friend Dan Crosley who shot the corvair for Rusty Magazine provided her with like a with, high-res photo.
0: To, to, yeah.
1: Cuz that car's got all sorts of crazy imperfections and rust and like uh, the detail in that you car is that just kind mental. of a photo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Dan provided that. And um and uh as it went on, she'd like post like more like status updates on like the car and then once she started like doing the I don't even know if it was pastel, but when she started adding color to the rust and stuff, I was like, "This is insane!" So finally, she posted like a half of the car, like all painted and like done, and she was still finishing the back, I guess. And I messaged her, and I was like, "Listen, listen, I would love to have a print. Like, if you would make a print or of this." The original. Well, no, I I started with print. Yeah. like the, yeah. She's an artist. Yeah. Like that. Like so no, I, was, that, yeah. I said, I said, would you be willing to sell me a print? Of that, I said I would just love to have that framed and on my wall in my house. And she she retorted with, uh, "I don't normally sell. Uh, I don't normally make prints of my work, and I don't usually sell my work either." And I was like, "Damn!" And I was like, "Oh, typical. I guess you know. Like I figured that would be the case." And I was like, "I was so bummed because there was a guy, not the bunny truck, but there was a guy that made it uh, an eighth scale diecast model of my car to the T, the unsafe plate, the yellow inner lights." Dude, the, he chopped the roof and rusted it and he even had the cross pattern, the the roof pattern that my car has on the roof Like, and he wouldn't sell it. I'm like, I got to have this. He's like, I don't, I don't sell them. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going through the same thing with this girl that's drawing this beautiful drawing of my car. She won't make a print, doesn't want to sell it. But she comes back and she goes, but i would send you the original if you send me a Governor's Cup t-shirt. Whoa. And I was like, excuse me? She goes, yeah, I'd, I've always wanted a Governor's Cup t-shirt. So. I'd send you the original drawing if you send me a tgc shirt i'll send you 50 Dude, shirts i was like that's the least i can do yeah. that's the least so anyway so i i made her some stuff i sent her a couple shirts i sent her one of the new shirts too, the tour across america shirt and uh and some keyrings and stuff and i feel, still feel like that wasn't enough i was trying to get her paypal out of her and she didn't want any money but i sent her all that stuff and she sent me the original and i as you saw probably i posted it on instagram and i've got a bit about it in one of the youtube episodes. I framed it and it's on my wall now. And when you see that thing in person, I mean, dude, Cor- it looks great in photos. Corey and the guys will tell you when you look at that thing in detail. You can stare at it, like all the imperfections of the patina, is is emulated to the car. Wow. Like it's all it's. That's amazing. It's she's talented, man. Yeah, uh, yeah I shot me, her a DM. I, I have to, yeah, I have to find her Instagram right now because we have to. Um,
0: yeah, I can pull it up on the screen for the podcast. We have to yeah. shoot
1: her, shout her out because it's it's uh. It's awesome, man. It's uh r-e-k-a-w-v-r reka w-v-r on instagram so good. go yeah, i'll put a link in my description for this it, dude it's so good go check her stuff out she is incredibly talented and you know just like a young girl from hungary that just has this crazy talent. i hope she makes it her, yeah. her gig because she, she totally should know. that's yeah. I, I saw that
0: and i was like god i gotta mention that. so
1: i feel very honored if you're listening to this tactics thank you so much <laughs> because that was just mind-blowing awesome. and it's got a good home so
0: so dude you just recently turned 30 right D- didn't you just have a birthday come I'm up? i'm
1: gonna be 35
0: in a oh few man but thank you <laughs> dude so if, you, if you're in march right it was your march birthday? coming yeah. up yeah
1: okay. yeah i'll be 35 man i'm gonna be, gonna be 35 this what, Oh, march.
0: what was i gonna say um as you reflect on your life like, like you know what have you what have you learned so far or like want to learn or give any advice for anybody creeping up on that milestone (laughs)
1: oh dude don't yeah i tell my friends this all the time Corey's gonna be 30 uh next month as well those are the golden years i told dude i'm telling you with the exception of like a few hiccups this particular year third 30s have been the best years of my life best like as i came up on 30 i wasn't stressing about the number i know like i know some people can stress about it because they see their life like passing by or whatever but at 30 is when I decided to start a business, start working for myself, start traveling abroad every year, if I could afford it, which luckily I have been able to, um, it's been so good. The, the, I use the number 30 as like an excuse to make a life change or from that point forward to make the next decade like memorable in the best way possible and, and to live life enjoying it and not... Like working hard is important. I come from a traditional family in the woods of New Hampshire that worked themselves to the bone and still enjoyed life, but I come from a hardworking family. So I've got that like ingrained in my DNA for the most part, but like it's, you got it, you can't, you can't burn yourself out, you know? So approaching 30, I just looked at that as an excuse to like make a change in my life both, both professionally and, and personally and just, uh, yeah, just, do what you love, man. Like do. Next thing you know, we're going to be forty. Or we're going to be forty-five. Maybe mm-hmm. married you with kids look, or whatever. Like, and then be like, oh, I wish I did that. Wish I did that. You might know? as so, well do that all now. Yeah. So uh, anyone that's uh, another trip around the sun, whether or not you're approaching thirty, whether or not you're approaching twenty, twenty-five, and you know, I mean, do it. Take every day and and make every day worth it. Make it worth it. You know, like I feel sometimes that like you get stuck in this nine to five gig yeah. where you're just, you commute to work, you work, you're miserable. You're watching the clock every single day waiting for you to get, get out of work. Then you sit in traffic again. Then you go to the gym, you make food, you go to bed. And you repeat. have like a week off a year maybe. Yes, repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, if you've been thinking about starting a home business, if you've been thinking about taking that trip, even if you're alone. I mean, if you just want to go to England and you're nervous to do it, book the ticket and just do it because like what i mean i don't know there's no better way than to just like break out of it's your shell true, yeah. and just go you know and so when i turned 30 that's what i used i used that as an excuse where it's like i'm gonna travel more i'm just gonna do it uh i'm gonna i'm i'm not gonna compromise on like what i want in my life or who i want in my life you know and so that's it yeah time. so i man it's a breath of fresh air i feel good <laughs> that's I feel awesome. so i'm glad good, to hear man. that man yeah absolutely man yeah.
0: so dude um I'm all out of questions, man. Just wanted to see if you had any like closing thoughts or shout outs or if you wanted to like let anybody know anything. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even have a
1: timer going on this. (laughs) I had no idea like what time we started. This could be two hours. This could be 45 minutes. I got the timer on the thing right there. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. What what is that? Two, bro. Two hours is a good podcast. Yeah. It's been
0: good. Um, Yeah, man. What do you want to tell everybody, man?
1: Man, yeah, we could do some shout outs. I mean, I kind of just i kind of just encapsulated like how i feel i guess so that that's where i stand uh emotionally but man shout outs bag riders airlift performance uh for helping out on the projects um seriously if you guys have air suspension needs hit up bag riders and Airlift performance those guys are awesome uh all the
0: people you should be hitting up man absolutely in my opinion yeah
1: the airlift boys are from michigan bag riders boys are from vermont um good people all around super informative um, my dad, as always, like <clears throat> helping me on all my insane big projects, we build those cars together, being able to work out of his shop is, uh, is a blessing for sure. Um, can't thank my parents enough for just, just putting food on the table when I was a kid, you know, if we want to go back that far. You to where you are, um, you for having me, man, this has been it's awesome. Been a pleasure, dude. And, I mean, it's, and it's helped motivate me to like do my own thing yeah, too. So dude, I'm, and like I,
0: I, I, I'm not sure if I've said this before, but if you have any questions or any suggestions or for your podcast man like i'm sure you got it all all like you know planned out but i've been trying to be
1: methodical about it so i'm not like a complete rolling disaster (laughs) but i've been on uh josh's uh, my friend josh garcia who started revival motoring podcast they're like maybe they're like 60 episodes in now something like that like automotive specifically based wow we did uh we did a podcast about if i ever sold the 7 series what car would i buy if i ever sold it and i said a toyota century (laughs) and lo and behold we got I'm it all little, done on the same trip. So we're going to do a recap with him soon too about awesome. that whole trip and stuff.
0: It's all about the recaps,
1: man. Yeah. So, I mean, for uh, you, for helping motivate me on the podcasting, because it was something that was on a back burner for a long time, and now it's like front burner. It's like, all right, we're going to do it. Seven series is gone. I'm going to spend some of that money on getting all that stuff set up. Um, Corey, for sure, for helping out on this trip. Uh, MV, MVP, for sure. Helping film, helping drive. uh helping to start this this whole shop that we want to do. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure it's vice versa too. I'm sure he's like stoked that there's been, uh, there's been a, uh, uh, like a feedback, same, same level of, yeah. I feel like you, you guys are like,
0: like helping each other with motivation. Yeah, for sure. You know, you always need like that person to like push you. It has to happen. It's it's hard hard to
1: reach deep and do it on your own, which I've always, I felt like I've had to do living in a small town in New Hampshire, you know, but, um, yeah, so Corey's been instrumental in all that. Um, Anyone that has met up with us or has helped out in any sort of way, uh, let us crash on their floors on this last trip. Um, I could go to I could go through a laundry list, a mile long of people that have helped us out. <clears throat> but um, I think that's probably it, man. There would yeah. be tons of stuff I'll think of after. I know, this, right? But,
0: You're like, uh, darn.
1: <laughs> but man, two hours solid. Yeah,
0: hell podcast, yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. I'm so glad we got to do this. I know. Um, I'll be honest; like, it was just something that like an idea that came in my head like a couple of days ago, and I was like, you know what, like. It's been a while since we last talked. Like, you've been doing a lot. And, like, let's just talk.
1: I, I think this one, this one more so, because you were on your second podcast when yeah, we first had that. I know, that.
0: it's been a, such a long time. And, and I took was, that break for a year. Yeah. And like, now I'm back, and it's like, it'll be right.
1: But for you, it was like your second podcast, mm-hmm. and it was my first podcast. So, like, structuring and it felt stiffer, you know, it was almost like question-answer type so stuff. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so much easier. Cause I've been on a few podcasts since then, and I've watched more, and it's just kind of, and it's something that I want to start too. So, um, super relaxed, super natural. I, I'm excited to start one too. We'll have to have you on.
0: Don't, I'll one. do it. That I'm so down. Be so good. I'm down. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It basically would be the same thing. Same thing, enough, you
0: but. know. <laughs> but yeah, um, dude. Thanks for doing this again and Thank again. This guys. has been uh, Christian Loza with How It's Podcast with a uh, good friend of mine, uh, John Ludwig Jr. And uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thank awesome, you. Awesome, man. Yep. Cool done and done oh, oh man dude I like the headphones man yeah they're I good I like them I
1: like them you know how far away you get from the mic I know, you know? dude
0: there were a couple episodes I had done before without them and like yeah they, they're they like it's chill once you're once
1: about. you're editing you'll realize oh it's way too yeah, far away the yeah, whole thing you gotta EQ the, yeah, And Then you, your ambient you always goes, music, goes up with it yeah, and yeah I it's, it's crucial so but you know.
0: that, was, that was fun man heck yeah I'm man glad we did that appreciate dude. it and it didn't feel like two hours no it didn't no. we're at two hours and